enter a world where monsters have taken their place among cinematic history, but who are the real monsters? Are they the scaly creatures that haunt our nightmares? Or are they the person you see every day just casually walking down the street? What happens when man outweighs the monster on the screen and creep into our lives and dreams? With our co-hosts Joe Radazzo, Vicky Ray, and Keith Shago, they will uncover who are the real villains as we explore the classic cinema along with some modern greats and find the monster within us. license podcast and it's the last episode for season six and it's our last episode of eminem monsters and madman and today we're covering a ghost story and coco both films from 2017 and before we get started let's find out who's with us we got davi cavallo with us hello hello davidi davidi hi everyone and the name is davide it's fine at some at some point you will learn it's okay and a, merry, and, a merry, and a merry Christmas to you, David. <laughs> <laughs> and we got Joe Randazzo with us. Hello, Joe. Hey, everyone. And Vicky Ray with us. Hello, Vicky. Hi, guys. And I'm your host, Keishago. And before we get started, let's find out what we've been up to. Let's start out with you, David. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we see you, Blitz. Um, Right, just work, 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 work. And that's about it. But tomorrow I'm going Better to Italy on me, holiday. I say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that's Italy, it. Just work, work, work. Say that again. Are you in Italy yet? Yeah, you're in Italy. No, then no, no, I'm going tomorrow. Tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it'll be oh. hot. You'll be all right. You'll get your sun and you'll heat when you get yeah, there. Yeah, and then I'll cry about it because I miss the sun and I miss the heat. And then when it's two weeks of 40 Celsius degrees, whatever, then I'll I'll, I'll regret it. But for now, let's just let, let me have let me dream about it, you know? And then, oh, no, that's and it. Like, while you're away, that's when we'll get our summer. <laughs> yeah, because we, we've had, tomorrow morning. <laughs> to be honest, we've had few like muggy, slightly warm days, and, and at least here in London and here, because I cycle to work. It's forty minutes to go and forty minutes to go back to come back, and I don't mind. But sometimes you get a little bit of heat, but not too much. Nice. So yeah, this is not summer. This is like between winter and spring in Italy. That's why I would say it. So, but it is what it is. We got to work with what we have. Monday and Tuesday were nice because I I worked out in the guard. I worked outside because I worked from home on Monday, so that was nice. And then Tuesday, I had to go to solicitor, so I had the day off. So that's nice. Yeah, yeah but then now sure. it's getting. Keith wanted to make sure before you go to Italy, you have a good cry, which is why he put these movies out this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, we'll talk about it, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it in a few minutes. <laughs> what about yourself, Joe? What have you been up to? Uh, well, I don't want to say what it is, but I've been given a great opportunity that hopefully pans out for me. I'm on a, um, I'm going to be on a trial basis uh, for, uh, for a show as a script consultant, and uh, we'll see if it goes through. If it goes through, then I'll have something uh really cool to announce to you guys soon um besides that it's been hot as hell in chicago um it's uh, that I've... dome there's a big circle of of just hell just over the midst yeah. of the country yeah it has been extremely hot and i was uh just saying before we went on the air because i you know uh i work in a bar and last night it was hot as hell i think the hottest day we've had this year and we were busy, and I remember at one point the bartender uh, asking me to go get some in the walk-in cooler, and I was just like, 
with pleasure. And I hung back there for a few minutes while I was getting everything together because oh, that took was my time. I took my oh, I took my sweet ass time. And when I came out, I literally looked at him and I went, "That was the greatest moment of this shift so far." <laughs> Send me like. <laughs> um. So yeah. Besides that, um, I mean, I. I just got really excited about that. Um, also, I um, I checked out a movie uh, that's premiering tonight, actually, at the UK Fright Fest. And it's going to be coming to DVD and Blu-ray uh, via Vinegar Syndrome uh, in a couple of months. The movie is called Eight Eyes. Eight um, Eyes. It was filmed in Serbia. Um, and... Uh -oh. um, yeah, those it's those Serbian films, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a very much an American film because uh, the way I described it, the way I'm going to describe it on my review, is that it's basically a great Southern Gothic movie just kind of set in Serbia. Um, it's very good. The ending gets very Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, it's very, very... Uh, the ending is very brutal, very shocking. Which it's called I, Eight you know, Eyes. Eight eyes, yeah, it'll be Eight out eyes. soon. I'll let you know uh, when when it gets. Uh, keep a lookout when it gets a release. Yeah, because uh, um, it's going to uh, it's going to premiere at UK Fright Fest tonight. As well, the day we're recording this, it's uh, premiering tonight. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that really it. Because yeah, other than that, it's been prepping for uh, prepping for a phone interview, and that went well. So uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to give you guys more info uh, soon. We'll we'll see and I'll announce it if it uh, if, if it all fingers happens. everything toes we're, they are all cross for you. Thank you. <laughs> what about yourself, Vix? What are you been up to? I don't know. I guess we got to find a baby to offer up for Joe. <laughs> have some blood sacrifice, you know? It's just uh, I don't need anything like that. <laughs> I no, not a lot. It's been wicked hot. Just kind of gave up on the garden. Um, went to go see Ted Nugent. That was a lot of fun. He's a, he's a fucking insane seventy five year old man. I just I don't have that energy. I don't know how he's seventy five and just does what he does. Amazing, amazing uh, guitarist. Um, what did I watch this week? Uh, I started watching this movie called Lawless. It was on Netflix. It's about bootleggers. It was actually kind of good. Um. Oh yeah, rear, what is that? Rear window? What is it? What window? Johnny Depp. Oh, the secret window? Secret window, secret window, secret window. Yeah, I watched that Johnny Depp. He's about the writer, you know? Yep. Was, that was that was kind of with, uh, oddly good. I liked it. it, it with, was, uh, what's his name? John Turturro is the, uh, the, the guy who's harassing him. Yeah. Yeah, because he took his, he stole his book, apparently. And what a bastard. Oh my God, it just gets really intense. It's a good movie. Um, and I've been following, the, it's been really short seasons, but there's this on Netflix, it's a Swedish series, it's called Ragnar, not, it's it, Ragnar, Ragnar, whatever. It, it's a cool little series. Um, and I finally just decided to watch some action films and trying to get away from mutilated bodies. Um, I watched uh, Heart of Stone with Gal uh, Gadot. Only I got a girl crush on her, and I just love, she's just a kick-ass bitch in this movie. I just love that she just beats the fuck out of everybody. And sometimes you just need to see somebody get their ass beat for two hours. It just does wonders for the soul. 
But other than that, not a whole lot going on. They canceled all my grandson's soccer games and practices all week, so there's no sports to look forward to because you can't go outside for two. Oh yeah, one of the uh, one of the schools in the area, one of the schools in the area, their AC, their they have central air, and the uh, the central air broke down, so they had to send all the kids home because they had to do that north and in Plano. It's like north of Dallas. It's can't can't go to school, you know. And school just started, and it is kind. I mean, mine has not shut off. It, I mean, I literally, we take turns going out there with a hose just to spray down the air conditioner. The nets are outside. So to keep it from getting overheated. Smoking. Yeah. And I, that's no lie. That's no, I'm, I'm really like, come on, God, let my AC hang in just one more summer. One more this, summer. This is the strange thing. This is strange to me because when I was going to school in New York, we didn't start until like after Labor Day. And, and then even we then, got it was, dismissed. We I, was started in September, dismissed in June. That's how it was for me. Yeah, when I when I come out here, I'm like everybody's school is starting in August. So I'm like, has it always been like that? Or May and then August. Yeah, it's starting in September. Just it's starting in September. Just a New York thing. I, I think, think they're starting. I, I, it might be. It might be New York and New England. I think. I think New England does the same thing. Hmm. Because I remember, like college back, back up in New York started like in the the last week of August. Yeah, college did the first week of yeah. September. But everything everything else was always you know the second week of September. So, but I think I think in the southern I think I know in Tulsa I know it starts. I I think they start in August, but they finish in May. Because I think it's because of the hot the hot months or something. It has something to do with the hot. Was oh, it like June and July are, are are hotter down there than August? I think I'm not sure. Maybe. I'm not quite sure how it works out, but that's how I think I know they finish in May um, because they finish a month early, but they also start a month earlier. So, yeah. So, but well, well, I haven't been up to much. I went to Slister's um, offloading the farm to Isaac, sign that over to him so he can have that. So, oh, what in, in uh, Balboa? In Spain. Yeah, in Spain. Yeah. yeah. So, over I forgot the about that. Yeah, so I signed that over to him. That was Might nice. be moving to Dallas a bit sooner than we anticipated, but we're but still sooner. Who do, do I have to alert like Homeland Security or some bullshit? What's going on? <laughs> you I'm going to tell them you're a terrorist. <laughs> they Never mind. We let those in all the time now. <laughs> tell my, yeah, just I'm a, a redneck, a redneck terrorist from upstate New York. I'm sure they're welcoming me. They'll have a parade out front for me. Especially <laughs> in Dallas. Are you guys coming <laughs> earlier now? We might be. I, I, we're looking at it. We're looking before Christmas at the moment. Yeah, so we're still this, measuring. Out. This actually creates a, an opportunity where, uh, you know, we could potentially do live podcasts at film festivals now. If, uh, if we've got stuff going on down here in Dallas, and I'm just aching because I can't get anybody. Don't there's horror cons and Allen and Dallas, great ones too. Nobody wants to go. I'm probably gonna have to go by myself. And on three weeks' time, I'm going to the Batman exhibition, which is having Warner Brothers is doing a Batman, which will include Batman Beyond. Um, all that? The Batman animated series. It's in Leicester Square. All the Batman films from the Tim Burton all the way up to the Chris Nolan to the new Batman and then the Joker films. And They did that in L.A. a couple of years ago. A couple of friends of mine went. I guess it's going to be a traveling thing. They said it was fantastic, so you'll probably have a great time on it. Yeah, so hopefully we'll get some videos and pictures and stuff. And that'd be cool. So I'm kind of I'm trying to blag sit the lesson for free, saying that we're covering in our shows. So you know, think of all the possibilities <laughs> once they get here. We can we can like do tax write offs and go to 
whatever and just go have fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I suppose I go to the Fright Fest this weekend, but I, uh, I suppose I go to the London Fright Fest this weekend, but I just couldn't get it together. So, right. Oh, what a shame. Because I got everything all over the place. I got I got boxes. We're packing up boxes and everything at the moment. So so we're doing all that at the moment. Yeah, that's but, it's 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 stressing. This is moving. Parts of the moving here, is... here, I can't imagine having to move from continent to continent. That's kind yeah. Of, it, it's yeah. really involved. Well, well, the shipping the company will take care. Ship, the shipping company takes most care of most of it. So yeah, true. Boxed up, so it's not too bad. But besides that, um, and the strikes that are going on here in the hospitals and stuff like that, it's quite still, draining. Still. Yeah. Hey, y'all's getting that, that crazy new COVID over there that everybody's tripping balls about. Yeah, but it's not killing enough people, unfortunately. But maybe, hopefully, in the future, it will. <laughs> yes, they're, just, they're, start, they're trying their, they're starting their COVID bullshit over here. Uh, yeah, they're, they're starting it. Ain't it ain't happening. It ain't happening. Well, uh, yeah. WWE wrestler just died yesterday from it. I so. saw that. Well, most of those, oh. aren't they dying from the clock shot, though, a lot of them? No. Uh, Bray Wyatt died because he got COVID and uh, developed uh, heart conditions. From, I don't know if he was. I right. saw that briefly on TV today. I didn't know what he died from, though. Poor guy. And that's, uh, Awfully the, young. Was he, like, 36? Yeah, yeah he was 36. The problem with COVID and men, though, and the reason why COVID didn't kill that many women, it killed more men, is because the problem basically is that men don't really go to the doctor, so no one knows what kind of underlying true. conditions there may have been before they got COVID. Yeah, that's true, probably. Where women, t- women tend to go to the doctors like twice a year, where men tend to go only like when they're really, really sick. So, <laughs> Man, so it feels like... You don't want to go feels, to the it doctor. It feels like Keith's talking specifically to me right now, because I'm like that. I don't go. I don't go to the doctor until something's broken. When I was younger, I never, I never, I never, I never went to a doctor in my life until I was nineteen. <laughs> my mom didn't believe in them, <laughs> and, now like, you, and now you are a doctor. Yeah. And I remember, yeah. falling, I remember falling into farm machinery, and I got, you know, it basically almost cut, almost cut my leg off. I mean, there's a dent in my bone in my leg and stuff like this. And my mom just goes, took the flour and the crazy glue and just. <laughs> together and you're out back out hey that's the, hey we do out. bathroom surgery here people that does not have insurance <laughs> bathroom yeah. surgery it is my whole my whole life was bathroom surgery i mean you know <laughs> you know i might I remember one i remember one time my mom actually stitching my eyebrow up when i got in the fight <laughs> like, you're not going to the doctor wow. you'll be fine <laughs> she's like stitching me up <laughs> Things were hardcore in northern New York back then. That was real primitive existence we grew up in, though. It's yeah, I think I, I, looking back, I mean, at the time that was normal, but looking back on it, I think we were like one step away from being Amish. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a whole bunch of them out by your old house now. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> a bunch of Amish out there. So I know. They, right. they moved in. <laughs> well, the farm the- closed down and the Amish moved in. So Yeah. Well, you know the good thing about making fun of the Amish on a, on a podcast, they'll never know. No, no, they would not unless they're taking the kids are taking their was it their two week Bernie sabbatical to see yeah. if they want to be Amish. Yeah, they, I mean that's quite a good idea. You throw your kids out with no education and go survive for a year. If you can't, we'll welcome you back, but you can never go. You can never leave. By, by the time they come back, they're like they haven't eaten forever. <laughs> Just just imagine you're you know you're 18 years old and every woman's got a got a skirt down to her ankles. You spend yeah. uh, you spend one summer at civilization where uh, you, at all at all moments you meet your first woman and you're you know you're three inches away from the promised land. The <laughs> you know, that, that's where her skirt cuts off. 
<laughs> bikinis and diaphragms. You're 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 used to you're used to uh, women in button downs and long skirts. Now uh, now you get girls walking up to you going, "Hey, uh, nice shirt. Want to fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I don't think anyone wants to screw them because they're all quite inbred looking, aren't they? Because because let's say, well, I don't want to be mean, but. Not many people convert to Amish to being Amish, do they? No, <laughs> it's not one. Of, you know, it's not like it's not like converting to Judaism or being or Christian or. I think I'll be a Hindu. Yes, today I think I'll, I I I what is it? What do they say? I I recognize myself as Amish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, wake up tomorrow. I identify and as Amish and my mobile <laughs> and my streaming service. <laughs> I identify as Amish. Yeah. The, the, well, the thing they is, don't, not, at least they don't have electric bill, so something's good. Yeah, well, but, that, you gotta, that, but you got to wake up at five in the morning and start churning butter. Yeah. And the reason why they have kids is because they don't have electricity. <laughs> <laughs> they need somebody to work the farm too. I mean, that's really why they, you know, breed like cockroaches. <laughs> and if and you're, and you're smart enough. You can get a new barn every year. All you have to do is knock it down so all your neighbors come out and help you build it again. <laughs> the barn, yeah, the barn raising ceremony. <laughs> I, I, I will say this. We make fun of them, but they are they are a community that's willing to always help each other out. So there's that. You know yeah. what? They're actually really cool people. We see them and I go home all the time. They pull right up next to you at the gas station and go in the store. I mean, it just they're just there. The I, only I, thing I, that pisses I, me off is when they don't pick up their goddamn horse shit in front of my mother's house. Pisses me. It stinks. The smell wafts into the room I'm staying in. <laughs> I also have to say that it's, it's going back every time I go back home, it is quite a sight to see an Amish and their buggy pulling up to the drive-thru at Wendy's. Yeah. And going to LD. And they go to LD as well. Seriously? Yeah. We saw we saw one. We saw an Amish. I, I didn't know they were political, but honestly, this guy, he pulled up to us at uh, down in Bradley Street, and he had a Trump 2024 sign on his buggy, and I just about fell over. i never seen anything like that. I meant to take a picture of it, and I didn't do it. But mm -hmm. I just, I died laughing when I saw that. I go, y'all do that? It's like, I didn't know you voted. Well, I mean, to they're going to have pull the best place to buy a quilt as well. If you want to get a really good quilt. Oh, my quilt. God. That's no joke. I mean, you, you got to figure they're going to have political leanings one way or the other. But it's yeah. just. I guess they yeah. kind of thought they stayed to themselves. I don't yeah. think that, I don't think that the New York State can mess with them. Can they? Um, it's not that they can't mess with them. It's just that they don't they can't pay tax. They don't pay tax because they're a religious organization. And every member of that or organization is part of the church. Right. Wait, 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 churches don't pay taxes in the United States. Nope. That's disgrace. No, I'm sorry. They know they're, they're tax exempt here. It's big business. That's, That's why, why when I go to America, I'm God starting my own cult. God damn it. We're going to have a crystal. <laughs> That's, That's not right, though. I'm That's telling not you, right. We'll have everybody drinking Kool Aid. In five years, I, I generally thought it was just an Italian thing, like you know, when when they you know the whole church used the churches and no, um, that's the that's the reason why there's like tele evangelists and all that stuff, and they're all they make big bucks. Who and then if you're obviously lucky, obviously scam artists. And then if you're lucky, you're yeah, you can see God drive by in one of his Corvettes. So yeah. well, when I was in college, I did a, I used to temp jobs to help paid the bills and stuff like this. And one of the temp jobs I have in Tulsa was um, they put us in this room and basically they locked the room behind us and they had these letters we had to open. 
And basically, we took the money and put it into one thing, put the checks into another thing, take the letters and put them to the garbage bag. When I asked them what they did, the garbage bag, oh, the preacher's going to pray over those later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, recently, it was just a couple of years ago, Joel Osteen, during one of the really bad, uh, one of the really bad tornadoes. Joel Osteen? He's a scumbag. Yeah, we, yeah, no one likes him here in Dallas. We hate him. I mean, what, during one of those hurricanes, like uh, they, they were pointing out that people were people were trying to or uh, tornadoes, people were coming to the church because their houses were being like washed away, and he wouldn't let them in. Yep, that's a true story. Yeah. Like a fucking scumbag. I, I can't I can't stand. And he's got a house. It's the most vulgar display of wealth in North Dallas you've it ever really seen. It really is. Well, of course, because... still give this guy money. Very interesting. Well, that that's because. Be, well, I mean, I I hate to say this, but. They all live hey, like hey, well, they, they all they all live like pe- rappers who like come from the slums and they get like new this new money. It's like it's all like this It's like really bad. It's like like look how much money. I mean, Oral Roberts. I mean, we by Oral Roberts University. When people used to come and visit me in Tulsa, I used to take them to Oral Roberts University. And they had these great big crystal cathedral. Well, you had these great big praying hands coming out yeah. of the thing, and you had the oh yeah, those are those people go just to get their picture taken by them things. Well, the yeah. best thing the best thing to do is go to the 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 seat of faith and sort of thing. And so you go in and then you go you know like you you go to the beginning you go to like Genesis and then you ride the Noah's Ark and it rocks back. It's, it's fantastic. But <laughs> you're just like, and the thing and the and the worst thing about it is that um this is paid by by poor old people. Ladies, yeah, old ladies' yeah. pensions. Yeah, but yeah, people that believe they're going to go to heaven because they gave this asshole money. Precisely, and it's, and it's quite sad because you know when I took when I took a peek at some of these letters, you know, like, you know, cancer, child has leukemia, so on and so forth, and they're really they, they're preying on the weeks, basically. That's the way yeah. it works. Yeah, they do. It's always been that way. I mean, I always, you know, if you, you know, it's kind of cultish. Any, I mean, it's, it, it is. is cultish. All religion is cultish. Cult. But you know, the weird thing about cult, in, in some ways, I kind of, I kind of, um admire someone who can not doubt anything and believe something so wholeheartedly because I, I can't I wish I could be like that too. I, I can I can the only thing I can believe wholeheartedly in is like Stephen King novels <laughs> or movies. <laughs> and I'm like boy, I'm all in there. But when it comes to like a belief system that you would just, you know, no matter what they tell you, you believe in being that gullible. I mean it's it's not gullibility. I don't think it's gullibility. I think it's just ignorance is bliss. That's the way they say it. Unfortunately, well, if you read and study things, you know how things are, and you compare different. So the funny advantage of people who unfortunately don't have occasions yeah. to study properly to understand well, things. So, it, but the thing is, sad, I mean, but, not, but the thing is, are you taking advantage of people really? Because at the end of the day, those people are letting themselves be taken advantage of. And the thing is, and, and you can't end this man dying like, of a blood disease, and you just you want any answer you can. I mean, people go to Fatima, they go to Lourdes, they go to Rome, they go anywhere. You just, please, just I mean, you just want your child healed. So I get it. I totally I get, get it. it. Yeah, I do get it, and I, I do understand that. You know, sometimes it's like if you got nothing, you're hoping that you know that there is. I mean, I. But then again, I always kind of wonder what's the sense of being a Jehovah Witness. Be miserable this that, life, because when you die, there's going to be a party. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm, I, I know. Is we have we have we have Kingdom Hall like three blocks away, and then motherfuckers get out of that white van like gangbusters. 
And I mean, literally, I had to put a sign up for like a couple of weeks, no Jehovah's, please. And mm-hmm. they come to my door and then they see it and they actually turn and walk away. So I just don't have time to argue with them, you know? I don't like being... I don't argue. I never, I never argue with them. I mean, the thing is, I, I respect people's religious beliefs and stuff well, like that. Well, I do, but I don't and, want them coming no, to my and, house. And, and to be honest, I'm I'm religious as well myself, believe it or not. But I am. I do, you know, I do have a belief system and I, I do, I do appreciate people's belief systems. Yeah, but you're not knocking on my door with it. I but to be honest, I prefer Satanism because that, that you know they never knock on your door on a Saturday morning and ask you. I think Satan like, gets a bad rap. <laughs> and leave you alone. Yeah, I've <laughs> yeah, always, always put on at, holy diver. And when you look at the tenets of Satanism, it's basically leave everybody alone to do whatever the hell they want as long as nobody gets hurt. Yeah, unless it's unless it's your baby. <laughs> yeah, like that one, I gotta look for Joe. I gotta wait for the full moon. <laughs> I, I put it this way. I'll do the best. I, as, as I live my life, I do the best I can. And That's I, all I, we can do. And, I, and, I, and if I die, I'll go to heaven. If I go to hell, at least I'll be there with great music. <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> let's face it. And be honest, maybe hell's not a bad thing because he wants to spend eternity with a bunch of Morgan Christians. I don't well, know. And wants to spend eternity <laughs> listening to Pat Boone. Yeah. Uh, what about Billy Joel say? I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. Yeah, the sinners are much that. more fun. Well, the the worst thing get the worst thing about it if you are in heaven with a bunch of Morgan Morgan Christians, all they're going to do is judge you. <laughs> I too. know. I got that in life. Why would I want to be up there and be judged yeah. again for eternity? It's like or fuck be, that shit. Or being slapped by nuns and priests. It's like I already have that in school. I don't need. Oh, that I know. No, sh- I mean, no one will ever understand the parochial school like <laughs> in the seventies and the eighties. Like God, oh my God, I can't believe I lived through that. And speaking of the afterlife, this brings us to a ghost story, which yes, is a 2017 American supernatural drama film written and directed by David Lowry and starring Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara with Will Oldman, Liz Cadenas, Frank and Sonia Avocado and Rob. Sonia Avocado. I'm so sure. Uh, uh, Savito. I'm sure. Uh, sorry, Sandra. Uh, sorry, Sonia. If you heard this, I just asked your name. <laughs> in supporting roles it's about a man who becomes a ghost and remains in the house he shared with his wife the film had its world premiere at the sundance film festival on january 22nd 2017 and was released by a24 in the united states on july 7th 2017 it received positive reviews from critics but uh, but lukewarm reception from general audiences due to its minimalist execution what we're gonna do is cut to the trailer of a ghost story and be right back When I was little, and we used to move all the time. I would write these notes, and I would fold them up really small, and I would hide them. What did they say? They were just like things I wanted to remember, so that if I ever wanted to go back, there'd be a piece of me there waiting.
license podcast and we're discussing a ghost story from 2017 and starting with you david davida so i i've i've i felt a bit of the um how should i call it i felt the perception of the team let's call it a way so should i skip it until to do it till the end because i think i'm probably the only one who enjoyed this movie in the group i enjoyed Did the I? movie as well I'll tell you I, oh okay I'm, I'm in the middle of it there's aspects of it i hated enjoyed it. some i didn't <laughs> all right let's, all right vicky go for it, <laughs> <laughs> <He hated> it. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. Okay, so for, for, for once, I'm not the black sheep. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. Okay, so. I, I, what in the actual fuck do I have to stare at two people in bed that fucking long for? It took so long, I had to start fast forwarding the shit. I that's only because they can remind you of your sex life where nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, I walked into that one. Okay. <laughs> But, you you no. really did set yourself up for that. I one, did. Guys. God damn it! I do it every week. I try. I try hard not to. But you know, he you didn't like even have to set a trap this time. You just he walked. waits like a spike. Hey, he's picking on David more than me. Dobby da, Dobby da. But uh, no, it did. I no, did. Yeah. I, I yeah. I thought I was gonna say I didn't hate it, but I I didn't enjoy it. Obviously, you guys did. I know he was. Was it Lowry? Uh, the, the director, correct? Yeah. What else yes. did he direct? He the directed Green Knight, I just, I just watched night, which I really, really like. Oh, he did Pete's Dragon and The Old Man and the Gun. I mean, he, you the know, that Green was Knight. okay. The Green Knight. Huh? The Green Knight. Oh, the, he didn't even <laughs> like The Green Knight. Oh, I, you didn't like The Green Knight? All right. Well. No, I, 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 gotta, I didn't finish watching it, though, so I probably well, should we will be, watching We'll it. be covering Pete's Dragon in, in, our, in season seven. So I liked Pete's Dragon. We're no, covering I his just, version of Pete's Dragon? Yeah. Oh, okay. The remake. Yeah. I guess I was just too ADHD for this movie. I mean, he focuses mm. on the scene. It takes forever. And I yeah. found myself fast forwarding to it because it just wasn't keeping my attention. And although it was beautifully filmed and I, I this the thing with the scratching constantly trying to get the, the little thing out, I guess was the note, the wall, yeah. I guess the that wall. represented every time she moved, she put a little piece of something in the house so if she ever came back, she could pull that out. Yes. That I got, you know, because I mean, we we all do weird little things like that. Um, I guess it was too existential, maybe for me. 
Yeah, uh, that's a good that's a good word to describe it. Yes, well, yes, 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 I mean, I well, he was in this loop, you know. I mean, he was constantly looping, and then he finally got. Uh, I, I, he, they kept going back in the time periods, and I, I that's when I figured out. Well, he keeps going through this eternal loop, and I mean that it was depressing. The whole fucking film was depressing, and life went on without him. And you know, and I was trying to figure out uh, she was grieving. It was just so freaking weird. Maybe there wasn't a lot of dialogue either, and well, I guess there, there maybe I just didn't know how to. I, it just and there's no, and there's not, there's no music. It's just stillness, isn't it? Yeah, not, I mean, I understand. Even, there's not what even he was a soundtrack really playing behind it. All. I do get what he was trying to do. I mean, it really you have to work really hard to um, understand the information being received in the film. Maybe does that make sense? Mm. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I let me. What I like, what I liked about it, I like the simple fact that it starts out very, very kind of slow. So kind of, so it, I for me, Honey, I kinda, it can't get any slower. But I kind of watched it. Going, <laughs> I, I'm intrigued. But I, I, I went into it like I'm intrigued. I don't know what's going yeah. on, but I'm intrigued. And then when he dies, and then he becomes like when the ghost comes up. What did you think thought, about the sheet? Explain the sheet to me. The sheet, the sheet is basically like a homage to ghosts. Whenever you think of a ghost when you're a kid, it's a person in the sheet. So it's basically a homage. But what I liked about it is that it kept them expressionless. Right. But, the, but what I thought was quite clever about the whole thing is that you felt for him. You, like you felt everything. And the other thing is that, and then when he looked at the uh, the ghost in the other house, and the ghost is waiting for someone. Right. You don't know who's waiting. They and kept saying just, they're not coming. Remember, I don't think they're yeah, coming. But the, th- but, they? The thing is, but the thing is, is that you don't know how long that ghost has been there. So what? Who? He, he, and has he been there so long? He doesn't even know who he's waiting for anymore. But yeah. why did he disappear? Why did that ghost disappear? Because because he finally came to a conclusion that that person's never coming, and so he that's when he passed it. The, so he decided to go to his eternal reward. Maybe at that point. Well, that's what that's what the question is. Do they go to their eternal reward, or because they didn't step into the light? Because as we see, what happens if you die? Well, neither does Casey Affleck, because the door open, you know, that door forms in the wall that he can go through, and he 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 doesn't go through that. So the question basically is, if you don't go through that, what happens? And the question also is, is that what happens to ghosts? Actually, do they just? You know, if you look at ghosts, the whole idea of ghosts and when they're haunting somewhere, do they just stay there? Do they ever disappear? And if they happen to disappear, do they go to the afterlife or do they just disappear? Because, you know, if you look at and we'll cover this a little bit in Coco, and that's the reason why I kind of paired these a little bit. Right. The thing is, and the reason why they're paired and um, I I don't want to go into Coco too much, but the reason why they're paired is because. When you die, you're only remember. You're only around, and as long as people remember you. Yeah. And so here he is, you know, and he's there, and and I liked. I also liked the the, the time frame thing because obviously he's on a different time. His time works differently than the rest of us. Right. So she moves forward. He gets angry, sort of thing, because she sees somebody else. She moves out. The next family moves in, yep. and he's like, this, "He's just lost in limbo." And he's just he, he goes full blown poltergeist on them because he's frustrated. Well, he's frustrated. He can't participate. He can't communicate. And he's just watching other people's lives. And then, of course, the houses get torn down and you get this thingy. And I think what what throws him in the past, basically, is not that he's not, is that when he jumps, that knocks him into the past when he jumps off the the thingy. It's like his his form of committing suicide, which doesn't, of course, he's already dead. Of course, that's not going to happen. And then he sees that basically that 
time just keeps marching forward. Right. And it doesn't matter. And so when you see the girl, you know, and you see the girl and the girl kind of senses him because she sings the song that he written. So she senses him. And, one second. And Can you back up one second? When he jumps, he ends up in a loop, though, where he's taken back to where the first stake was put in the ground by original settlers. So that kind of, you know, that was kind of weird. Well, if you think about it, the, um, the reason why probably original settlers, because Casey Affleck is probably... You know, like original son, he'd be European anyway. He's not going to be Native American, so he probably maybe that's the reason why I took it that way. But the thing is, is um, what I also found interesting that, that kids could sense kids can sense him, adults can't. Right. Oh so, yeah. Until, he, until, he, until he's able to physically interact, like he does, Move stuff, yeah. destroying everything in the cupboard and moving yeah. the glass, and then you know, fucking with the lights. Didn't the little boy see him? Didn't the little boy see him? You think? I'm yeah, not. He experienced something. I don't know if he saw him. Yeah, say I don't. Him. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if he actually saw him, but he definitely knew he was there. No, yeah. and then and then you know then when it gets up to the point that basically that when they thought there was a poltergeist in their house at the beginning, that was actually that him. was him. And he's gone yeah. to loop, and then he's <laughs> and then he's basically passed on. But the thing, the problem basically is, and that that's when he, you know, he reads and he, he, he hits the piano. Yeah, he hits the piano. Sees the note and it's himself. Yeah. What is the time frame we're looking at upon his death? You think until the time he jumps off that tower? Hundreds of years, I'm assuming. You think? Yeah, um, eventually. Yes. Well, I mean, I to be honest, if you look at the dress, if you look at their dress and stuff like this, I was saying that basically Casey Affleck's probably in the 70s. The family that probably moved in is probably late 70s, early 80s. The the house party was probably in the 80s. But the cars were modern in, when he when he got into the car accident. Yeah, weren't so they? I'm not quite sure because when he, we you never really see the car. You kind of see a glimpse of the car they pull out, but you kind of just hear the crash and you see him inside the car. Right. Yeah, yeah, but you see the outside of the car uh, yeah. after the crash, and the yeah. car looked more modern than the seventies. So I, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like modern time is when he's alive, and then. But I mean, as know, far as the house being destroyed, I mean, we don't know how long those families lived in the house. Those two families moved into the house. How long they were there for? They could only. I don't think that single mother years. lasted long. <laughs> but I mean, we don't we don't know because we don't know how because the way the passage of time works for Casey Affleck's character, who I think is just right. C, I think is the character's name is just C, the letter C, um, because of the way the passage of time works, and you see it like you don't know how long time is passing in between. Th like he might have been in that closet for years without us knowing, mm -hmm. and then yeah, so yeah, it, it, there really is no way to tell. I mean, we know with the children that the children don't really age. We know that they move in around summer, the start, start of school. We know they're going right. to school and then Christmas and then the, then the event and then they disappear. So maybe and only then, like a year and then, or we two. Have, and then we have, and the only other thing that we have is the next people that moved in, they're having a party and he, and then we kind of got this exposition case where the guy's talking about death and how you're not for, you know, that you're only remember for as long as people remember you and then that's it. In, unless you're Shakespeare or something else, or what, or someone mm -hmm. that lives through yeah. your barriers of time, which we will really get into in the next movie. <laughs> yeah. And they and and then they move out, and then the house gets torn down, and then of course it gets redeveloped. I guess the gentrification or whatever is happening, or the city spreads out. So it's really kind of hard to figure out how long this happens. But 
you know, I mean, it could be 2000s where, you know, or 2010, 2020, when you're looking at how, you know, now things are being knocked down and buildings are being, I mean, in London, at least buildings are being brought up all the time and there's buildings going on here all the time now and here a lot faster than it was in the seventies and eighties. It seems to be like every day there's something else being built in London. But so it's really kind of hard to tell what the passage of time was. It could be 50, 60 years. It could be a hundred years. Who knows? Well, and how long does it take to build a skyscraper like that? But a couple of years, easy. Uh, you, uh, a long, yeah, it takes a couple of years. So to build all those skyscrapers around them. Yeah, yeah. that looked like Dubai after they were done. Yeah, so that's wow. that's that's why I was saying we might be looking so that's at futuristic, you know, several so decades. You're probably right. That is hundreds of years in the future. Yeah. So he's been there forever. But but then again, we don't have any we don't have any way to t- tell exactly because when you look at the business people, they kind of look like today. You know, they're like when they saw inside the business mm-hmm. thing, it wasn't like yeah. there wasn't like saw- futuristic or anything. It just looks like anything. Maybe, maybe, maybe because uh, any anything when we try to do something futuristic doesn't age well because we're never gonna get the fashion right. Yeah, <laughs> go, but, just but go it, with a the suit. All, they, all, they all look like they just stepped out of Wall Street, though. I have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, think, I think one guy had like the suspenders and the tie, look like Michael Douglas. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, well, I mean, I mean, overall, I mean, I don't think I ever want to see this film again, but I'm glad no. I saw it. Yeah, same same here. It's a, it's a little bit of a downer. It's well, a little bit. It's very much a well, downer. Well, it just it just took it just I it, I just had a hard time holding my attention to it, and then the, I, I didn't get her at all. I mean, she just seemed like a needy pile of mush. <laughs> I, well, I, I, I kind of looked at her as something to, because the thing is, you don't really get to know her at it's all. Like, well, the thing is, is what I found about what 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 I took away from their relationship is that. They got together. They're living in this house. He wrote a song. They had some good times. She wants to move on. She wants to move away from the house. She wants to, he you wants know, to stay. And he and wants he, to stay because he, yeah. he doesn't like change. He never. He doesn't like change at all. He doesn't want to move on. He just wants but to this, stay. But I think, and then of course he dies, and he and that's he gets his wish really. Well, he doesn't move on in the afterlife either. Yeah, and and then and then, she moved, stuck and then she moves on because it's like you know, and, and I thought that seeing her grief. And even though she doesn't say anything, I thought, you know, with the pie and then the throwing yeah. up and, and then seeing her grief and then seeing and then the and then just her going to work every day. And you see the time passing where she's just going out right. and that's passing. Then did she that, bring home a date kind of sort of? And he got. Yeah. That out. yeah. But because her life moves on, but her but she was all about moving forward anyway. And then you got hit and then you got, you know, C in the sense the, the character's name. And his was all about not moving on and staying where you are and never moving forward and. So, you know, it so, was a depressing film. It was it really, was, it really is. But I, I, you know, I, I thought lots. Of, there's some of it that was real beautiful. I love the way that was filmed in the, you know, the. I the thought it was four, four by three aspect. I liked it. I liked the gloominess look of it, and I love the way. I mean, I, I, I'm assuming it's Casey Affleck underneath all those sheets. Yeah, um, I'm assuming. It's hard it to was, say. I mean, it's a bit like, you know. In that yeah. case, what's the point of hiring a star? <laughs> well, you know, I, I also think like, is it Tobey Maguire in the Spider-Man? So you just never know. But um, but saying that, I felt every I I I felt what he was thinking though, which is quite interesting considering that there's no expression. He just tilts his head every once in a while, or just stands there, and I felt everything that he was going through. I which guess is kind of I weird, just, I, considering. 
I would have liked to have seen his face. I, I get why he put the sheet over. I just, well, I, know, I, I would have liked to have seen the emotion. More but now. I think, but I think, I mean, he, Laurie said that he wanted to do a, a ghost story using the old fashioned ghost that he grew up with as a kid, like in the old Mickey Mouse cartoons right. and the old, you know, the old movies and the, the ghost of the, you know, I mean, we get, I mean, you well, know, it's I a get, great explanation I, for why. It's a great explanation for why they're just sheets because they die right. in the hospital. The sheet gets put over you, you get up, and it's just part of you now. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's a great I, explanation. I got that. And it's if a you, great and explanation. And I think the last time I saw a ghost in the sheet probably was Beetlejuice when they were trying to scare, yeah. you know, on a Crowder's character. That's they got true. Move sort of thing. Speaking of, are they actually making a second one? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's already okay. been set photos released. Okay, I was I just want to make sure because I get all excited for nothing. Just want. To yeah, they sure. they re they rebuilt a lot of the a lot of the town. Oh, okay, yeah. good. So, but I um, yeah. So I got it. It's very A twenty four film. It fits really. It feels feel, fits in really nicely with all their other stuff, like Hereditary and um, Midsummer. Twenty four does do. Th they are a weird company. They 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 put. A, they they just weird. I love A twenty four. I've heard this new one's great too. I haven't seen it yet. The uh, talk. I think they did Atroz too. That going talk weird. Yeah, but and I. That's a sick flick, boy. And then you know, and just and I, I and I love the ghost outfit. That was fantastic. Apparently, that was the most difficult thing to film because they couldn't just the use sheet? a regular sheet. They couldn't use a regular sheet. They had to. That was definitely not they, a regular sheet. Yeah, they had to because the regular sheet wouldn't work, so they had to get it tailored and and getting the eye, making sure the eyes didn't fold down and everything stayed where it needed to stay. And apparently, they had to use puppetry as well for it. So I thought that. I thought that was quite effective. But... As far as what happens to the ghost, like in the other house, I think it's basically what's happening to Casey Affleck. Mm. Well, when when the ghost you know dies, I think maybe it just starts its cycle all over again. Mm. Um, I mean the uh... well, the light did come for him, so maybe that's where that. But that person, whoever that was, in the flowered sheet next door, kept saying they're not coming. Who was he, he kept, waiting for? I think he'd be. I think he'd be. He'd, but I don't think he knew. You know, like you know, like you know, you do get this in the afterlife that you know there is this myth in the afterlife that basically, you know, and they they say like whether you're doing a Ouija board is that they forget how to spell, they forget what they're haunting and why they're haunting, and they forget why they're there, and and I think that's probably a part of that. I'm assuming that he, you know, he could have been there so long that he doesn't even know why he's who he's waiting for. Or why not know when he's gone? For. He doesn't know he's dead. Maybe you don't know. You know, he well, just knows you know, he's confused and despondent. Well, it also goes with what the guy was saying that, um, you know, what the guy was saying at the party anyway is that, you know, you're only remembered for the people who are alive who remember you and you touch them or you've written something and but after a while you'll you'll be forgotten too and you know and then with him it's kind of like you know who's ever he's and maybe and maybe you know i kind of thought that maybe you know he had this long lost love and he was hoping that when that long lost love died that the, that love will come back possibly to him. I, I often wondered if she was going to join him at some point but she probably got on and got married and had children. She probably oh. just and died herself eventually because I feel like this movie goes through such a long period of time that her character's dead by the end too. Yeah, and but of course, as far as she remarries, if she remarries and let's say starts a family, and you know maybe that was the love of her life for that time period doesn't mean it's the love of her life for her whole life. 
it does yeah. you know i mean it does create yeah you know, like like i you know this movie affected me in a different like i thought of my parents because i don't live in the house i grew up in anymore and mm-hmm. i thought about you know the the idea of you know the ghost being stuck in that place where they you know that that they love and now the people who you loved moved away they moved on with their lives mm-hmm. and you're just stuck there forever and in my parents case all these strangers now around them if they're in the house you know yeah and where where are my sons my sons are both gone you know I mean, so it's there's that aspect of it that that is you know really really sad you know you you, you think about you know, I, mean, I like, thought about that too i was it's like oh god i hope my son moved on and is not sitting on my couch with a sheet over his head but you know I, I, I honestly, I'm so, when I go, I'm getting the fuck off this planet and I am never incarnating <laughs> this fucking rock again. I don't know about y'all. <laughs> become a, become a Scientologist and you can move to another planet afterwards. God, this is, God, this is, this is the week that everybody's want to made me fucking cry. Cause Keith had me watch this movie in Coco. Sean, uh, bought a uh, field of dreams on Blu-ray. And when it I came in, he's like, Hey, hey let's watch field of dreams. I love that movie. That and, is a real good movie. And I'm, I'm I'm crying at the end as Burt Lancaster walks out into the field. I'm like, that's a wrap on Burt Lancaster forever. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's literally his last movie, his last performance. Burt Lancaster walks off into the into the field, he into did, the cornfield, he, he never made another movie. He and did. that's the end. That like, is so, true. I never thought like, of it like that Vincent way. Price but dying right. in Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, Vincent Price dying in Edward Scissorhands, and you know that was yeah. well. He he made a TV movie after that, but for all intents and purposes, oh, in all, all our hearts, that was the end. Um, that's true. That's true. I yeah, when he when he passes that. away, and yeah, he fall. You know, he falls with the the hands that he's making for Edward. He falls into the scissors. So yeah, I totally this, forgot that this movie. You know, I I I don't know. Maybe I maybe I'm in the minority here, but I. I like I liked most of the movie until the third act. I just felt like the third act just got way so too hard. cute. Yeah, I felt that it was just it just got way too cute for its own good. Like I was well, fine with him walking with family and everything, but yeah, well, the, the time, time loop, loop, the time loop is where I kind of went. All right, this is that's I shouldn't say the third act because I like most of the third act. I didn't like the whole time loop aspect. Um, See, I, 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 for me, the time loop for me, I think, was kind of saying was kind of regurgitating the guy at the party that yeah. here these settlers are, they settle there, they die. That's it. No one's gonna, ever going to remember who they are ever. And I yeah. think, I think it's, I think it's, uh, for me, it's, and though, it, though I find it a bit, though I find it a bit confusing, I think, I think that's what he was trying to say. Though at the same time, I think, yeah, I do think that he kind of didn't know where to go with it <laughs> at the same time i think i, I think mean, it's this... like i have this great idea and i'm doing it and this is good this is good now i'm gonna do this and now i'm not quite sure how to end it and so we get to kind of this weird ending where he just flops because the thing that doesn't make a lot of sense but no it does make sense because he once he disappears he's back where he started from anyway because he got him you got him being the guy him, the new him, ghost, watching the old ghost finally get the paper out, and and then, but he's still carrying on. So obviously, this is a huge loop that he's going to be going through. And the question, and I guess the question basically is, is, is it a loop that he can never escape from? Which is kind of depressing if that's the case. Is that what they're trying to say? It didn't seem like he wanted to escape, though. 
you know. Well, I think I well, I, I don't know if it's that he didn't want to escape. I think it's I, I I feel like he was longing for her to come back. I think he was longing for her. I think he loved her a lot. You know that that was part of it. That's why people stay close. Sometimes when they die, they don't want to move on because they know we like we suffer, so they linger. So. Well, it's like, but I guess if you look at the idea of ghosts in general, who have been, let's say, died a horrible death and, and haunt a, a place, you know, whether you believe in that or not, that's beside the point. But the whole thing is like, are they stuck there because they want to relive the murder or are they stuck there because they're hoping that the, the how they got murdered, the person gets caught. So they just live on this loop all the time, hoping that. That one day this person get caught and then the, the murder whoever murdered them died a long time ago and they're still on this loop. <laughs> you know, it's who knows. Depressing. You know? Well, I mean, like you know, I, I guess what's frightening is the simple fact that if there is an afterlife or a ghost or hauntings or anything like this, is that I guess the lesson I learned that if the if the, if there's a light, step into it. Because yeah. you might be on a yeah. never-ending loop. <laughs> so, yeah, I just say just the way it went from like the settlers and then the futuristic city. I was like, oh, what the fuck's going on? But it was just, it was just depressing. It just didn't. I don't know. I, I wanted more dialogue. I'm a weirdo. I like dialogue sometimes. Uh, I'm even if it's a silent movie, I'm getting dialogue. You know, I'm still reading. But <clears throat> what's your take, Davida? I have a completely different approach, but um, that's because I've studied and practiced and I am Buddhist at the core. So I see the view, point of view, that my point of view is completely, completely different. So I definitely take it. Uh, I definitely see your view. Um, I see that from a sort of um, classical Western Christian or monotheistic, abramitic religion view, if that makes sense, which makes sense because that's the sort of culture we were grown um, you know, we, we were educated with, etc. But I have a completely different view on, on the thing, which which is fascinating. It's not right or wrong. It's just the way I see it. So it's an opinion. Someone, no one's right or wrong. Yes, yes, of course, of course. And I really love the movie because obviously you have, you know, the, the beautiful music, the classical music right. and the whole story of the movie. And then you have the silence. There's a lot of silence. Like when we did the old movie, I think it was the last week or the week before we did that movie that nobody liked, do you remember? About that Personal woman shopper. being the assistant. Yes, that's exactly the same I thing. I feel this one worked a lot better than that. But yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I have to agree. Than I have to agree. Shopper. I definitely I, have I to definitely, agree on that. Because I definitely fucking hated that one more. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the idea is like understanding the silence because obviously, in, uh, at least from the movies I watch these days, it's very difficult to keep silence. It always has to be noise and music constant, you know? Um, but anyway, um, the, con the concept that I got uh, from the movie is the fact obviously this ghost cannot move on. So we see ghosts in, in the Western world as... Um, so it's like a spirit who has got unfinished business and it's kind of similar. The concept is very similar, but it's more like on the mind, on the state of mind. So for example, um, we, we see the ghost that's trying to step into the light and he chooses not to, because he's got something that's going on. So it's not that it's more than an unfinished business, but it's the fact that he cannot let go. So this is very much like a concept that I, that I started when I read, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the Tibetan book of the dead, so it's a Buddhist book. Uh, it's a fascinating book. Well, Which book is in, that? In, 
I'll say that again. That? What book is that, sweetie? It's called uh, the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Oh, the Tibetan um, Book of the Dead. Okay. Yes, yes, uh, Tibetan. Sorry, my accent. So in that book, they basically, it's it's a very Buddhist thing to do is to prepare for death every day of your life because exactly. you cannot escape it. And it's nothing to be gloomy about. It's just part of life. And it's not easy, especially for us, for us Westerners, if that makes sense. But that's part of like normality, especially in the Asian world, especially in the Buddhist world. Um, so the idea in this book is the fact that um, you're so attached to all the material stuff. You're so attached to all the emotions, all the not being able to let go that when you die, you go through a process of visions and hallucination stuff. And you see things that are supposed to scare you and push you into reincarnating again. So you go in a loop. So you will leave again, and then once again, you relive certain experiences because there's a sort of like life lesson that you need to learn. Whether instead the book tries to teach you is that you have to keep focusing on this meditating state of mind, you have to go beyond. You, you don't want to reincarnate anymore. So the concept is very similar. And also one thing that they teach in Buddhism is the fact that reality is all perception. So every dimensions, you can be the human dimension or the demon dimension, the God's dimensions, whatever it is, it's all a state of mind. So everything is perception. So if everything is perception, it's beautifully explained in this movie when you see time going on its own. So it's 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 a, it's the perception of the ghost. It doesn't follow normal time. And then he's seeing these things and he goes back in time because it's all a state of mind and he's relieving things. So it's part of like his experience as, let's call it soul, although it's... Buddhism is very complicated to, to explain as soul. And in time, for example, time, he lives the time and he sees time as being something that destroys memories because memories eventually fade away, but he's still attached to the memory. So he's attached first to the memory of the wife and then he gets stuck into the idea when the wife goes away and he's stuck in the idea of finding this little um, uh, message in the wall. So at that point, he's probably either forgot about the wife, like this is... Uh, very similar to the other ghost saying, I don't know what I'm waiting, you know, I don't think they're coming. It's just stuck in this idea of being attached to something because he's clinging into, oh my God, I want to be here, but you're a ghost, let go. And he cannot let go, you know? So it's relieving things and he's suffering and he's choosing to do it. So I, everything fades away, everything disappears, but, you know, there's this sense of emptiness, which everything that it's everything that remains. And eventually he tries to suicide. And here he goes, he goes back again to the beginning. It's like a purgatory, like a limbo. You know, the yeah. idea of reincarnating in 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 in, uh, in uh, Buddhism, you know? So you have a concept of preta who are basically... I didn't know Buddhists had purgatory. Uh, it doesn't have purgatory in the same sense that we have... Not in, in that in sense, but it's a place to go the, and chill and yeah. figure shit out before you get your basically, final reward. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't, that, isn't, isn't, isn't purgatory this going... Is, isn't that like the de the the your death version of the DMV? <laughs> <laughs> Sort of, yes, yes, I guess. <laughs> but, Sitting in a yeah, waiting yes, room, it, waiting for your name to be called. <laughs> like, but, oh. but to, to, to be honest, when you say that, when you were talking about, like, somebody gets murdered and then there's, like, has to be justice and stuff, I mean, from a human perspective, obviously justice is important because we, we live in a society, we need to make rules and make sure that there's no anarchy and mess and everybody does what the fuck they want. I get that. From a spiritual or a personal evolution perspective, there's no fucking need for the dead person to have justice. It's about them to let go. That, I don't know if that makes sense because it's a resolution. For us, the justice is for us. 
but 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 not but what I guess to play devil's advocate though let's sit there and That's say that, go ahead. let's say that someone murders you in the prime of your life and that you feel that you have a lot more life to live but someone's taken that away from you but I'm I'm so seeing this you, from maybe you would maybe you want justice if you're that person that thinks they've taken everything but away from me even if there's justice that wouldn't fix anything because it's done for myself or my death if that makes sense the justice is important in society in that in the material society, if that makes sense, because that keeps the rules going and then keeps the order. And I get that and then I agree. But then from, let's just call it spiritual point. I'm not saying that we should all be spiritual and if somebody kills you, yeah, it's fine, mate, I'll just deal with it. No, 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 that's different. But like for the person who's dead, obviously I'm Buddhist, so I believe in the reincarnation, the person will eventually reincarnate. And we don't know the reason why that happened and what reason is for the death of the person, etc. That's beyond us. But well, he didn't even believe- really get a chance to go back and, you know, make his pact about what he was going to teach himself. But he, he didn't get that. He just looped yeah, in yeah. this bullshit. Yeah, but, but, I think, but I think I think that's the reason why we get that thing where she wants to move and he's just happy. Just he doesn't want things. But, to ever see, that, that's but him this is the life. I think, it's probably him and death. Well, I think that, is, that's his downfall, really, isn't it? Because if he did move forward, he probably so. would be in this loop. But at the same time, this is a, a sort of life lesson for him. He was stuck in not wanting change. And then he got to a point when he was stuck and it was only change. And then he had to learn. So at some point, do you remember, he got the message. If you remember that he got the message from the wall. Was it yeah. from the wall? I don't remember. Yes. Was it from they the wall? never know what that message is. That irritates the dog shit. But that point we don't is... To, we don't that, have to know. No, no, but there's no in the whole story, there's no need to know simply because when he got that, what did he that was the that moment. made him move on? I don't know because obviously we're not the character. But it could I just be I love you. It could just be I, you know, I, I love C. It could have just been that. The I no, the, the idea is that it, it, it could just said bye. Bye house. The, but the idea is the she fact might, that he she was might not so be leaving him a message. She might she says that she leaves a message wherever she lives in the house. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I imagine she could, she could just say "buy house" or "fun," "buy" or "liked it" or "miss the memories," you know, whatever. But whatever. I think the main, but the main thing is that he was so attached to that thing, and then <sighs> when he read it, he realized, "Oh, did I get attached to this thing for what? What? What is it to me right now after living all this time, lives, and reliving it all over again?" And tack, it's done. He can let go, and it's gone, and it's either gone beyond, it's, it's gone to God, or it's reincarnated, it's whatever it means, but. It is it's, weird. It's solved. But he does end up going through the same loop again because his earlier he ends up what his earlier he ends up watching his earlier self watching her leave the house again. Yeah. 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 So I mean, it's that loop. I mean, that's gotta be agonizing for whoever he might not even know he's dead. You never know. Oh, you know, I think he knows he's dead. I, I think he knows he's dead when he can't when he can't communicate and he can't and he's frustrated. That's probably why poltergeists do what they do. The the, the one thing there. that doesn't that doesn't hold up for me, because uh, is he's able to go into the cupboard and smash everything that uh, that that family has, but he can't just go get a get a fucking chisel and chisel into the wall. I thought about yeah, I, that, but I I kind of what I took away from that because I I thought that as well. But what I took away that he seems to be able to only do things when there's extreme emotion. High yeah, that's yeah. well. That's what spirit feeds off of. Yeah, and so and 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 during his most frustrated moments, that's when it seemed to be able to manifest. Like, you know, 
him, him bumping into the piano when he's frustrated or the glass when the family's there and that's a frustration movement. So it seems like they always happen uh, or when the, she brings a guy home, there's that huge frustration again. So what did what, he push the I picture up for when, when she brought him home? He pushed the picture up before, right? Yeah, that's when he, that's when he punched the picture, yeah. And that, but that that's like, remember me, I think, because it's a picture of them together, isn't yep. it? Let's say, hey, I, hey, you need to, yeah, you need to remember me. I mean, at the same time, what are you it's expecting? always this, make me feel guilty when I need something. This, 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 I'm like, this, this, this poor, this poor woman's in her twenties. You know, and she, she clearly has needs too. You're dead. She's moved on. You're like, motherfucker, you should still be fucking me. Yeah, that's right. What are you doing having sex with another man? Slap. Well, there could have been ghost sex, but that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> That's a different movie. That's the Patrick Swayze movie. Yeah. Oh, that movie was beautiful. That movie, was, I love. The ghost is a ghost, beautiful movie. Yeah, like and that. I cry every time I watch it. It's so I gorgeous. never cry when I watch it. I'm just yeah. For me, this was, you know, I, I, I guess this, this is odd because Vicky and I usually agree on a lot of these. And I guess in this case today, we're going to disagree because actually uh, I, I I really like most of this movie. And and, and like Davide, I enjoyed the Davide. silence. Are we supposed Davide, to call Davide, Davide. 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 No, no. Do you know the silence is very much used in Asian cinema? The ring, ring, the original ringers. How much silence is there? Yeah, there's a lot of silence in that. Well, I mean, it's, it's done just on purpose. Be- but I mean, okay, you guys are the you're the film director, Joe, and you done oh, it not. all. I'm not. Stuff. <laughs> but I mean, okay, give me, tell me, give me the purpose of why those frames took so long. Just took forever. Okay, there's oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to disagree. I'm not going to disagree with you that that, uh, that David Lowry you know, was very leisurely with 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 his film here. Um, I just I was and there were there were points where I was like okay I think I think the reason why I think this is the reason why I think he has that because when they're living he's living and this is the way time works you know it's like you know it's you know it's it's slow it's slow it's fast it's whatever you know sort of thing if you're lying in bed with someone time just ticks forward yeah, and then I th- I think it's the contrast that when he dies, and all of a sudden time gets sped up now. So I think I think it's to show the the balance between. So if you had like all these short vignettes of these their relationship when he's alive, and then you had that like split, you know, and then you have the time loops going, the time going very quickly as you when he dies, I think right. that that wouldn't give you the division. But seeing that here they are together, so you focus the camera on it and let just and just let life just live like two just two people just sitting at a you know it's a bit like if i filmed your life and the way they are most of our lives there's not a hell of a lot that's going on we're kind of just sitting there our life sort of thing and and i think that and to show that and then and then when it when he does die once we get past the pie situation and he and he sees that and he sees that she's mourning for him then after that, then time speeds. Then start time speeds up. It's like you know, times like you know, she's got you know, she's getting ready for work and she's changing clothes and she's coming out the you know bedroom and she's going through the door and she's basically on her own loop, which is, we're all in a loop anyway. We get up, we go to work. Monday through Friday is this loop. On the weekends is this loop. You know, whether you do your laundry on a Saturday and do your grocery shopping on Saturday, we're all on a kind of our own little loop anyway. But I think it's to balance off his the balance off life's loop is this way death loop is this way and i think it's more to balance that off so that way 
to give the to give the the viewer that the division of time time passing personally yeah i I, I agree that that's what it is and that's why he's just standing there she's just whizzing by him because i mean i think it's also metaphorically her life is just passing by and he's He's stuck doing nothing stuck in eternity yeah but when he's all when they're also alive though when he is alive and he's with her he's stuck but because he's stuck and he's alive he's causing her to be stuck in their in that in the in their time as well because she wants to move she wants to move she wants the relationship to keep moving forward and he just wants to stay where it is so having him stuck there and with her stuck there kind of freezes time a bit as well i mean this is a film that is a critic lovely a lovey critics like oh we want all the critics are gonna love it's like it's like going to an art exhibition sort of thing that's what it kind of reminds me well that's what it reminded me of because it was so slow paced in the beginning it was like and it was it was all focused on well you're saying it gets really speedy but it's really slow in some areas and Mm -hmm. then he just focuses on that one scene that just I guess it's supposed to represent eternity because it takes forever to mm. view the scene. I, I guess yeah. that's what yeah. he's going for. Um but I think it also does show that C that how C is stuck in his life, so he's stuck in this time, so his life's not moving forward. So therefore we get these stagnant scenes where they're not moving, nothing's happening. Yeah. And then because it's, she's in the scene with them, because his life's not moving forward, he's causing her not to move forward. And of course, once he, once he died, to... her life starts moving. He didn't really try to let her know he was there. He was really, he he wasn't really very good at ghosting. Yeah, but the thing is, is you can never, you can (laughs) never, it's really hard to give someone, even, let's take, let's say that you're two live people, let's say they're both mute sort of thing or whatever, or blind or whatever. If two people have difficulty communicating when they're alive, which they seem to have a problem communicating when they're alive, she probably is not going to be that, acceptable for him communicating after he's dead because <laughs> you know they, the they seem to be different pathways anyway he i mean he you know i guess you also have to remember that there's a famous quote that when love is gone there's always one left holding on so you kind of have that going on as well she's ready to move forward and she he's holding he's just holding back thing mm. you know he hasn't moved on you know, it's like when two people when two people get divorced, you got the one who always tends to move faster than the other one, and you got the other one pining until they've move or able to move move on situation. So, yeah, there's a lot going on in this movie. I, I mean, I I do also agree with Vicky uh, on some of this. Like, yeah. I feel like I I feel like as there was with Personal Shopper, there was a bit of pretension in that. I think there's a lot of pretension mm-hmm. here. Yeah, I do think um, that as well. <laughs> But that yeah, being but, that being mm-hmm. said, I think this was far better executed than Personal Shopper. Even though in that movie there was more stuff going on, uh, but but yeah, I really um, I, I, totally, he, I totally get why somebody wouldn't mm-hmm. like this. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. but perhaps you, you can well. say that if if it was a, if it came up in the cinema and then you had the option of watching these, or, I, I think know, I would have been a Marvel little... movie. I would have been a little then, irritated had I laid out money for this at the cinema. I, I'll be honest. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I get I get it's supposed to be art. I get it. It's artsy. It's an artsy <laughs> film. I'm not I, that artsy of a gal, I guess. And I think that's part of the problem is that this, 
was like a flashing neon light that I am an art film, I am an art film, I am an art but film. Can I ask a question, a challenge <laughs> yeah. question? How, if, how would you have done this more appealing to an audience who's used to Marvel movies? I, would, I, would have done it, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have changed it. I wouldn't have tried to appeal to that audience, which he clearly yeah. doesn't. Yeah. You so, can't make everybody happy, and they know. That. No, of course, of course you can't, but... I mean, I, mean, I wouldn't how, have done this I, movie dif any differently. How I mean, do I make this theme more appealing? How do I make this theme more appealing to an audience? Yep. Let's talk about the next movie. Well, because that one does it. There we go. So yeah, there we go. And makes it appeal. It makes it appeal to a you know a wider audience. Not that there's anything wrong with this one. No, there's nothing wrong with I, it. I mean, it's just like it's I said. Just it's just not something to watch at the cinema. It's more what? like a Sunday evening movie before you go to work. I, mean, I, think, I think it's, it's if you're gonna if you're gonna put this I in terms for you, Davida, Coco, which we'll be discussing very very soon, is what you'll see at the multiplex. Ghost oh, yeah, story. A ghost story is where you would go to the Everyman and see. Yeah. The, the, the independent yeah. the independent arts the art cinema. Yeah, like yeah, I can, agree. I agree. Film on these, on these, like I agree. On these, I we can. Yeah, like, you know, it's a bit like um, a Lars von Trier film. You won't yeah. see that the multiplex, but you go to an art film and see a Lars von Trier, and that doesn't mean that one's better than. That doesn't mean that's better than Mission Impossible. They're just different. Right. Yeah, you and, can't. You you have to judge a movie where it lays. You can't. You you can't yeah. judge it by like this movie and Personal Shopper belong in the same basket let's say yeah i was not a big fan of personal shopper this one i i, I like better because i think it made its point more succinctly mm. um and the, you know i i could see like i said i could see why someone would be like oh, it's an art movie for the sake of being an art movie fine yeah but you're not going to be taking your 10 year old and your 15 year old to oh, go you wouldn't would yeah Oh, God, maybe you would do it. Maybe... would freaking kill me if I did that to him. <laughs> I, found, I, found like this, I found this an art movie. So there is a little pretentious in it, but there's not a lot of pretension. Where Personal Shopper was very pretentious. I thought there, there's a lot of pretentiousness, and there's like, oh, I'm making an art film, and I'm very high prow, brow. And I had that feeling, I'm a high-brow person, and I'm making no, this. No, I high wanted everybody to die in personal shoppers. All of those people. And this one is an art film, but I think this but this feels like, and this is an art film done by someone who has a, who made it very, very personal to him. Yeah, feels like it was, it was maybe David Lowry's way of overcoming some grief in his own life. Was this like a love note to somebody, you think? Or... Maybe. I mean, it could just be, you know, the, the it could just be or the meditation. I mean, I don't know. I, I would have to, I would have to go into David Lowry's history. Maybe he lost somebody, and he he was thinking about that person and thinking about the, thinking the concept about of is that, that person still there? I mean, we, you know, I because we all have people like that. You know, we all have people in our lives who you know passed away, yes. and sometimes yeah. you wonder, are they there? Can they see me? Do they know that I'm here? Do they, are they aware of? Uh, do they know that I still care about them? Do they know that I still love them? Uh, you know, I mean, very interesting. David Lowry had wanted to make a film featuring a man in a rudimentary ghost costume for a while. Okay, I just love that image. I love taking something that is understood to be funny or charming or sweet or naive and instilling it with some degree of gravity. When he and his wife got in an argument about moving back to Texas, he began to write down the argument, thinking about my own attachment to physical spaces. Oh, and then he wow. to combine this with the idea about the ghost costume, and we came up with the basic concept of the movie fairly quickly and began to write the screenplay. screenplay. Um, 
and he worked and he wanted to work th he worked through this because he was having an existential crisis brought on by reading an article about the possibility of um of an earthquake saying i was not feeling optimistic about the future of mankind i felt the world was by its way ending the film became my way of dealing with those issues there you go it was very personal so yeah, it was a personal movie. And it is a med it is a meditation on grief and, and, and our place in the world. And yeah. Maybe it was ther therapeutical for, for the person, you know. So it's definitely about our place in the world existentially. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. it is about someone basically trapped in a box for eternity. And I felt the claustrophobia of that situation could be amplified by the boxiness of the aspect ratio. That's the reason why it's in that ratio, because he's he's kind of boxed in. So then, and I guess I get what he did. So, so I, I think I think that he hit. I hit what I think he hit what he's doing. So yeah. I, I, think know, does, I, I think he does. I think he does nail it. Yeah, he um, does nail it. But I'm too ADHD for movies but, like that. Yeah, somebody who I you know, know, like I I recently you know a, a close friend of mine recently passed away. And I saw that fucking, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I wasn't even talking about this. I was talking about uh, 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 Brittany uh, being murdered a couple of oh, months yeah. ago. And and yeah. this kind of movie kind of does help with the grief of that. And uh, Coco also does in a few minutes. And we'll definitely discuss that more when we get to that. But these the this movie was kind of therapeutic in a, in a way because you kind of think of the idea of, okay, yes, she, you know, what happened to her is tragic but there are ways that I can keep her memory alive. And as long as as long I'm alive and I can share her and I can share her story and I can share the images on Facebook and Twitter and everything else of the, the things that we did when she was alive, she won't be forgotten. And I, and I think that that's, and again, that's it's thematically important. something we're going to get really into in a few minutes, but yeah. That's important though. <laughs> I guess what we should do is maybe let's rate a ghost story. And what we'll do is to start with Davide and we'll end with Vicky. <laughs> so Davide, how many how many ghosts would you give a ghost story? I would definitely give it a five ghosts. What about yourself, Joe? Um, I like most of it up until the the very end, so I will uh, I will give it four sheets. What about yourself, Vix? I give it three sheets to the wind, only because I'm ADHD. It was beautifully filmed, though. I'm going to give it five because of the artisticness of it, but for enjoyability and about returning back to it and never watching it again, it's probably <laughs> a three because I probably never want, I never, I, I probably will never see this again, but I'm glad I really saw it. And I enjoyed oh, it. I'm glad I watched it. Not one, not one that I will ever see again. There's not one, I will not buy the DVD or Blu ray of this and go, oh, Come on over. Let's watch a ghost story. <laughs> oh, this is definitely, Dang yeah, this is definitely not a watch with your friends movie. Let's just let's just have a Facebook watch party and see how many people hate us. <laughs> well, what I can what I can say about it though, after watching it, and you know, Ferris watched it with me, and this is not Ferris's type of movie either. And I sit there and say that it did spark a lot of conversations afterwards, and I quite that's what I quite liked about it, you know, because the thing is, it made you think. Right. Well, we talked and, about and, it and, for quite a while, so I mean, it is a conversation. 
starter for sure. I think, but this also falls down into taste. I mean, for me, these are the type of movies I would watch in my life. The type of movies that makes you think, that gives you life lessons, there is something you learn from. Like, leisure for leisure's sake, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll watch it, but whatever. For me, I'm completely opposite. I like this sort of movies because they make me think, they make me reflect, and maybe I do meditation and think about it, and they give me something to enrich myself. I don't know. This is the way I am. So this is why I love this movie. That's perfectly but fine. Taste, it's I, personal I taste. I feel there's room for both. I feel there's yeah, there, there's room for this. Oh, there is, there is. And there's there is. uh, you know, there's room for uh, you know, bikini yeah. beach party six. I, I I'll, give you, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a silly example. <laughs> no, but I'll give you a silly example. Or beach party like, massacre. Or back I, I love beach, like leisure movies. Back to the beach with um Pee Wee Herman singing Surfing Bird. <laughs> yeah. No, but don't get me wrong. I, lo- I love that. I genuinely yeah. love movies that are just fun for watching it. For example, my guilty pleasure was always Tomb Raider. Oh my gosh, Angelina! I Jennifer. love Tomb Raider. But uh, but again, do you actually have a life lesson or learn about anything in that movie? No, but I like them. What can I say? But then you see, I like stuff like this, but I also love. Uh, well, see, movie. this is a, this is your cup of tea. It's your like. I made my old man watch like five seasons of Doctor Quinn. He was ready to fucking hide my body somewhere. <laughs> 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 so I, you just never know what's gonna strike your fancy. I, you know? I don't believe very true. Con- very true. I, I don't believe in the concept of the guilty pleasure because I just kind of throw everything I like out there. Like I was just watching, uh, you know, fucking, uh, oh, hold on. What was, it? because there was some of the really like fucking weird title that, you know, one of, one of my friends was like, hey, you're just openly talking about watching, uh, watching this movie. It was a Fred Olin Ray movie. Let me find it real quick. A bikini, bikini babes from the lost planet. I was like, I was watching <laughs> yeah, that, and I was watching field of dreams. You know, I was, yeah. As long as you are open-minded to appreciate both sides. Yeah, that's the thing. I watched The Ghost Story, and then um, a half hour later, I watched um, Mars Needs Women with Zaja (laughs) On my shelf, I have, you know, old Chaplin, old Laurel and Hardy, Kurosawa movies, and I... I have yeah. Beach Babes from Beyond and Slave Girls from Beyond Infinity. Like, we why? We planted a prehistoric women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was that, that the one with Basil? Art. Wait, that is art, goddammit. Wait, the Basil Rathbone movie or the uh, the movie with what's her name? Uh, uh, not Chain Man. The newer, though, ridiculous the one. one. Oh, I don't know. I don't. I know there was a newer version. It was mm-hmm. the, the, the well. I mean, the newer the... Basil. Basil, Basil Rathbone was in the was in the sixties. I think so was the other one. That's about the... as new as it gets. I think. God, what's her fucking name? I don't think yeah. there was one before that. The sixties woman, the the the, 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 the woman in the sixties with the big breasts. It's not Jane. That's not Jane Mansfield. Why am uh, I blanking? Big breast uh, woman. I'm in the, in the sixties. Yeah, nineteen sixty-seven. No, no, no. The um, American. She was American. Which, uh, ah, never mind. Brie Beswick. <laughs> No, she was the one in uh, be- uh she was the one in uh, Sex Kittens Go to College. Oh yes, I um uh, Merritt McDor um, what's her name? Uh, yeah, we're all blanking. Mimi Van Doren. Yeah, that's it, Mimi Van Doren. Yeah, there was a version. Yeah, she, she was, was in that too. I think. Wasn't she? They were two different movies. There was a there was. Mm. There's the prehistoric planet with Basil Rath and the prehistoric women. I don't remember. I, I I I've seen too many of these, and they start to. Yeah, I know. They start, I mean, yeah, when, when you're rotting your brain on a daily basis, things start to get a little bleak. <laughs> <laughs> Voyage to the Women of Prehistoric Women is the Mamie Van Doren one, and uh, Voyage to the Prehistoric yeah, no, Planet wait, is the Basil was, Rathbone one. This was Martine Beswick and Yvonne. 
and Stephanie Randall. Oh, that was a Hammer film. Okay, I, all right, all right. I know what you're talking about. That was a Hammer film, and I do not remember the exact title. 1967, it was the planet Prehistoric Women. Planet of Prehistoric Women, I think? Yeah. Prehistoric Women. No, it was just, I thought it was planet. It was just Prehistoric Women. And on that note, this brings us to Coco, which is a 2017 animated computer fantasy film produced by Pixar Animation Studios and released by Walt Disney Pictures. Based on the original idea by Lee Unk Unkrich, it was directed by him, co-directed by uh, Adrian Molina, and produced by Daryla K. Anderson from a screenplay written by Molina, Matthew Aldrich, and a story about Unrich, Molina, Aldrich, and Jason Kratz. The film stars the voices of Anthony Gonzalez, Gael Garcia Bernal, Benjamin Bratt, Ella Albach, Rene Victor, Anna Alfina Magaya, and uh, Edward James Almos. The story follows a 12-year-old boy named Miguel who accidentally is transported to the land of the dead where he seeks the help of his deceased musician great-great-grandfather to return him to his family among the living and to reverse his family's ban on music. The concept for Goko is inspired by the Mexican holiday Day of the Dead. Pixar began developing the animation in 2016. Adrich Molina and some of the film's crew visited Mexico for research. Composer Michael Gennaccio, who had worked on prior Pixar animated features, composed the score with a cost of 175 to 255. 225 million. Coco is the first film with a nine-figure budget to feature an all-Latino principal cast. Coco premiered on October 20th, 2017, during the Morella International Film Festival in Morella, Mexico. It was theatrically released in Mexico the following week, the weekend before Dea de Martos, and in the United States on November 22nd, 2017. The film was praised for its animation, voice acting, music, visuals, emotional story, and respect for the Mexican culture. It grossed over $807 million worldwide, becoming the 16th highest grossing animated film ever at the time of its release. Coco received two awards of the 90th Academy Awards and numerous other accolades. The film was chosen by the National Board of Reviews as the best animated film of 2017. What we're going to do is cut to the trailer of Coco and be right back. Every year, grandkids, cousins, pretty much everyone gets together. Even great-grandma Coco. And the winner is... Luchadora Coco! I tell her pretty much everything. I used to run like this... But now I run like this, it's just way faster. Life sounds like... Miguel, eat your food. Here, have some more. No, gracias. <gasps> I mean, see? <laughs> That's what I thought you said. Dia de los Muertos has begun. It's the one night of the year our ancestors can come visit us. I thought it might have been one of those made-up things. <laughs> I was just... <laughs> but I... Tonight is about family. I am not like the rest of my family. There's something that makes me different. Great, great grandfather, I want to be a musician just like you. All right, who's in there? I'm sorry. <gasps> Welcome to the land of your ancestors. <laughs> Miguel? We're your family. You're skeletons. You're alive. Yay! You've got to get home before sunrise or you'll be stuck here <laughs> forever. Oh. <laughs> Security! Oh, hurry! Come on! It's showtime! You, my boy, are meant to be a musician. 
But nothing's more important than family. <laughs> I'm proud we're family! Go away, you! Go! It's just Dante! Never name a street dog. They'll follow you forever. Now, go get my shoe. Hello, welcome back to the Literary License Podcast, and we're discussing Coco from 2017. So, Vix, what are your thoughts about Coco? I loved this um, film. I thought it was a lot of fun. And we live in Texas, so we we do that. We see the Day of the Dead, you know, festivals pop up here all oh, the time. That's amazing. It, it's really cool. And I we've been. My friend took me to Mexico a few years back, and we went to the Day of the Dead in Oaxaca, in central Mexico. And it is just like this: the marigolds, the the ofrenda, the arendas. I talk today. Um, the, the altars are all over the place with people's, you know, the visages of people's family. It's it's beautiful. The makeup, the just it's a, a huge party. I mean, it's just it's just fucking awesome. I mean, it, it it's such a good time. And the way they they actually remember people, it's really it's it's, it's a really cool thing what they do. Uh, <clears throat> I can't, but the the film itself, though, it really reflected that really well, and it was it was fun. It was cute. It's Pixar, you know. I mean, Pixar. They I've never seen a Pixar film really I didn't like yet. Um, it's just it's just a lot of fun, and it's about remembering people. Clearly, that that's what makes this sets this apart from the prior the prior film because that was about not remembering people. And this this is full of color and life, and even the dead people are full of color and life, you know. And then yeah. you got you got your plot with the bad guy who he thinks is his grandfather, but it's not his great grandfather. I mean, it's just it's just a lot of fun. I mean, Pixar always puts out all these cutesy stuff. I mean, it's just a good, it's a feel good film, you know. You don't have to Absolutely. take the kids out of the room for it. <laughs> you know, it's just good. It's good, clean fun, and it is it resonates because I live in Texas, like I said. And, We've been to Mexico for there's festivals like that, and it's fascinating. And the, the marigold, the flowers, the one thing I remember are the marigold petals everywhere, marigolds everywhere. So it's pretty cool. I liked it a lot. I like the I, I like, you know, there's something I did take away from it. I like the idea of having an altar and putting your your, your dearly de- departed loved ones on it. I and have one. Them. And, I, and I like that. And it's nice that they remember that and they're, you know, remembering your parents, your grandparents, your great grandparents, yeah. so so forth. And to keep them alive that way. And it's very, it's very, um, it's very healing for the person too, who's missing somebody. It makes you feel like they're there. It's not, I mean, they're not, it's obviously you want them there, but it, it is a comforting feeling having an altar like that or, you know, just, just their pictures. I mean, that's just what, that's it's I, th- I think that the the Spanish people are kind of smart doing that because it's a healing process as well. Well, I mean, I also think that you know having both parents die and my all my grandparents died. I mean, basically, all my aunts and uncles are dead now, except for like I have one uncle and one aunt left. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And to be honest, I quite like the idea that they are very, very much alive with me. Every time I remember them or think of them, it's like they they st they still stay alive with inside me. And I and then I quite like that the film does bring that forward, and kind of does. It works on so many levels. I mean, it's kind of you can yeah. sit back and enjoy it. I mean, and I like the dog. They always I, have the goofy fucking animal that's so <laughs> you just gotta love. And it was the dog. He had the little wings when he figured out that he was a spirit friend. <laughs> but I mean, but Disney. I mean, Disney and Pixar with their animated features does does have a habit of being able to hit their points. They and then pull it off. I don't know what's going I mean, wrong with Disney, but I hope they leave Pixar alone. But even 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 if you're watching like Big Six or whether you're watching, you know, Finding Nemo or you're fine or you know what I mean, even Big Red has its moments sort yeah. of thing, you know. And they do and they do have a habit of just being able to do what they do and they do it very very well out of all the animation studios i think they still keep hitting their marks sort of thing like a bug's but, life i just totally still love a bug's life i'll still oh my gosh it. yeah it's a bug's life well they've mm. always they've always had a knack for being able to tell a story and prepare prepare a child for the inevitable like bambi yeah, you know, has has the mom being killed by the hunters you know in dumbo there's the uh uh, you know the the swinging, uh, swinging baby mine trunk, and... yeah. So they Disney's yeah. always been able to do that. They've always been able to put forward these uh, these ideas of these are the things that your child is going to have to uh, go through, and you it kind of you kind of think of it early. It's a universal thing. We're all we're all going to eventually, you know, lose our parents. We're all going yeah. to, you know, lose lose friends lose loved ones and these movies kind of start to implant that in your mind at a very early age and this one is wonderful because it it tells you that yeah you know what because uh, uh coco the grandmother dies at the end they never mm -hmm. say she dies at the end we see that she's now on the other side with her father so you have um you know, you, you you put forth that idea to a child that you know this person might be gone, but as long as you keep their memory alive, they're still with you. And then we see the other side of it with a celebrity, you know, the uh, Ernesto um, Ernesto de la Cruz, who, they, who he thinks is his great great grandfather. His memory's kept alive because he's legendary. He's you know he's Elvis Presley. You know he's you know William. You know you brought up Shakespeare earlier. He's William Shakespeare. He's you know you. George Washington. He's all these, you know, these historical figures that are always going to be remembered. So he doesn't really need the family to remember him. He doesn't need his family to remember him because he's become so iconic that they're always going to remember him. And now at the end, by the end of the movie, he's now going to be remembered in infamy as uh, you know, the letter the letters uh the letters come out. Yeah, and and, and you find out that yeah, he actually murdered him. Um, and, well, I mean, and then look, and then I also like the way that they're able to attach this simple part of like the Hector character, where he's for being forgotten, starting to be forgotten. Yeah. You know, and you know, and and then, and I also quite like the idea that because Hector didn't come home, they just assume that he just ran off and didn't come home, not realizing that he was murdered. So then you have like the family's idea of what happened to this person who, who disappeared, who walked out of their life, and, and they come. Just... 
and they come up with their own story, which is quite realistic when you think about it. When you know people w- do disappear from your lives, they they move forward or whatever like that, and you have an idea. You, you think that you have an idea what happened to them, but you don't really know situation. And then you start building this. Well, you start building this fantasy about them, the story about them that they went off. To and if you want to vilify them, like this family does, they vilify them. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, he wanted to come home, and he was actually leaving to come home and gets murdered so and i think coke i mean pixar does have this way of dealing with death or and disney has this way of dealing with death like you said before i mean nothing is more agonizing than the first 15 minutes of up yeah we have this loving couple and then his wife dies and then you get this old man just living at home or or finding Nemo or so they're trying oh, to raise Oh yeah, uh, was that with the house with the balloons and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was sad. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Look well, look at the first ten minutes of finding Nemo. It's like you got this husband and wife talking and they got their babies. And of course and the mom dies. And the, the mom fish. and all the kids die except for the one with the broken egg, which is Nemo. And then well, the Disney's father. always been fucking heartless like that. <laughs> They've always uh, I don't I don't think it's heartless. I think it's it's, it's realistic. It's realistic. Yeah, it's it's preparing you for, you know, the harsh realities of life and you know, you don't want to think about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I guess they expected everybody that Bambi watched Bambi was going to be getting a subscription to Field and Stream. I guess I don't know. Well, I mean, I have to say one of my most heartbreaking films during a Disney Pixar film is Toy Story 2. Yeah, like that. you get Jess oh, the cowgirl. Yes, and yes her, I love that She gets left behind by her human, and her human no longer wants her. And she's yeah. just wants her. Isn't that true? Like, We're, we always outgrow our toys. And, and, and the thing is, I walked out of that thinking, like, you know, looking at my, you know, t- remembering my toys I had as a kid that I no longer have there. And it kind of made me feel slightly guilty that, you know, my <laughs> favorite doll. Yeah, well, you want I my stuffed animal. Yeah. My favorite. I mean, I still got my, I still got my stuffed animal that I had since I was a baby, and it's still here. But um, but I still yeah. got my big raggedy andals, like the one that looks like you know that belongs in the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got one of those. I don't look at that anymore because that shit started here. But you know, but they do have this way of like hitting these points and these thingies for you and stuff like this, and um, <laughs> and then but. You know, and I think that, you know, Coco kind of hits it all. And I had to sit there and say this quite impressive to, you know, they went for a whole Latino cast. And I thought that was very good of them as well. That I was mean, smart. That was smart. Because, I mean, sometimes you get these things, they'll be like, you know. You can't have a bunch of white or homeboys doing that. You got to have, well, have the color and the flavor of the culture and the. The accent and everything that goes with And that. who's going to be able to, to do that better than, you know, the, the Hispanic people. people themselves, you know? Well, I have to then say I have a lot of Greek friends. And when my big fat Greek wedding came out, which was I love that movie. movie. Oh, my God. I love but that movie. They, all my Greek friends hate it. You know why they hate it? Because there's no Greek people in it. There isn't. They're all Jewish playing Greek people. And I didn't they know they were it. Jewish, but I knew they weren't Greek. And you know, and then they go, I can't. Why couldn't they get a bunch of Greek people in it? So I, you know, so my hats off that they they did this. You know, situations like you know, if you're gonna set something in Mexico, maybe it's you know, maybe it's good to have a bunch of Latino actors do it. Or if you're gonna set something in, you know, I mean, of course, if it's if you're gonna do Hunchback of Notre Dame, it's probably you know, if you wanted to be in English speaking, you probably don't want a bunch of French accents doing a really bad English, you know, English English people speaking French people speaking English with a 
that English right, French right. accent situation could be a bit, <laughs> but, but, you know, but I think that, you know, so my hats off to them for that. But what are your thoughts about Coco Davida? Um, Davida? Well, it's, it's not one of my top favorite movies with Disney, but it's still one of my absolutely favorite movies. I've got my, my list of favorite movies from Disney, but this almost hits one of the top ones. I really, oh, you really liked it, it then. You liked it. Re yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, this okay. Is... I was curious. I, I thought you were saying. Oh, no, 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 like no, no. I, I had a feeling he was going to like both movies this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely. didn't know about the first one. I, I figured Coco he'd like because it's fun and it's colorful and there's yeah, no, yeah. Blood can no blood cannons. We're going to call him No oh, Blood Cannon Dobbin. <laughs> I mean, it's it's first of all, it's a beautiful idea of concepts of like the well in 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 the West we we see it obviously in in the in the Mexican culture they see this as like remembering um, the ancestors and the families etc. Which yeah. kind of connects to the um, uh, Chinese folklore belief of like worshiping yeah. the ancestors, which is the same thing very basically. Um, I think it's a cool the, thing. The you can find these things everywhere all over the world and it's beautiful. It's kind of like remembering and then seeing the ideals of these people, what they've done in their lives, remembering them and kind of like keeping them as inspiration for your life, etc. and keeping them alive. I don't know if you ever watched the kind of, it, it reminded me, have you ever watched this? It's not this very the same, but it's very similar concept of like giving powers to keep things alive and giving powers by belief, etc. Have you ever watched American God series? Yeah, that's a similar seen. concept. I love that series. It's kind of like, oh, the gods are alive because you believe in them, and then suddenly people don't believe. I don't know Zeus anymore. So Zeus loses all of his powers, and it's not really as strong as. It's kind of like a similar concept, and I love it. We have, funny enough, we have a very similar tradition of this in Italy. When we have pictures of the old dead people, we keep them in the same area. My mom, for example, lights candles and then prays them as a way of like helping, praying God they will guide them towards the light, so they will not be stuck in the limbo and it will come back as ghosts and stuff it's a bit of a very catholic thing <laughs> but um it's it's fun it's stuff that that's found everywhere in the world so it's it's beautiful i really love this movie i have to say but it touches it's on the go ahead uh oh no so that, that's is a cut in catholicism we do have this thing of praying for the dead people to help them passing over oh um, yeah I've got a host of saints when I'm in trouble. <laughs> it, it, it touches on, you know, the importance of passing down generational stories. Yes. You know, like and my, which is my, really important. Oh, well, you know, Joe, you were raised Italian, basically. Yeah, my parents, my parents, my parents and my grandparents, they're all gone, but but you remember stories, the stories. The stories that I can continue to tell and that I will yeah. tell my yep. nephew. And if yep. I ever have kids, I will tell my kids. I will tell them the stories that my you know my parents told me about growing up in Italy during World War II. You know, and all, all the things that were going on back then, and my parents emigrating over to the United States and all the all the things that were happening. At that point, I mean, God, yeah, I, I, I remember, um, I wrote a, I wrote a story in high school. God, if I could ever find it, I would, I, I, I would love <laughs> to reread it. But I remember my, uh, my uncle told me a story about when, uh, when his father first came over here. Uh, he couldn't read or write in English, so what he would do is he would take a piece of chalk and he would mark off uh, the column where he gets on the train in the morning, so that he would see it when he came out, and he, he. Uh, he'd recognize it and he'd get off. And then one day after he got on the train on the way to work, the station was cleaned. 
the chalk mark was gone and he couldn't find his way home eventually you know late late that night the police brought him home because he was because he was lost oh, oh man story. but that's those a are cool the, story though these little stories that just get passed down that you know maybe don't you know it's it's just stuff like or my you know my, my parents were telling me about my uh my grandmother during world war ii working as a baker and uh, she would work right above the uh, the gutter. My uncle would hang out down in the gutters uh, so that my grandmother would accidentally drop bread. It would go into the gutter. My uncle would scoop it up, uh, rinse it off when he got home, and uh, that, that would be how they ate. You know, there's those stories, too. And you, yeah. you can pass these stories down. And, yeah, yeah. My, my grandmother is long gone. She's been gone, like, 25 years. But. This, you know, as long as she's as long as she's remembered, her story's kept alive, and that's what this movie basically is. That's what that's why I like it so much. You see the power of that. I mean, it's really yeah. good for you to think of them and to remember these things, and that's why I liked it so much because but it's also through their sacrifices while you're here today and what their lives exactly. are. I was just going to say, keep it exactly. keeps you kind of centered when you're when you're upset because the cable went out and you're like, yeah. Honestly, what am I complaining about? My 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 <laughs> parents had to eat bread that fell in a gutter because it was wartime in Italy, and that's the way life was. Yeah. So you know, you it, it does kind of center you to, to to a degree when something minor goes wrong. You're like, oh god damn it, I don't have time to 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 watch the TV show I want to watch today. Yeah, dude, life could be a lot worse. We are a bunch of spoiled <laughs> little shit. We are, we are. Life could be a lot worse. But uh, another aspect I like of Coco is also that if you have a dream and you want to be something, you, you might have to fight to do it. Yeah. But you, but you There's need... always adversity. There's always... you, yeah, and your family might not be for your dream, and you got to just soldier on anyway. Yeah. yeah. You really uh, do. They might not and support that, that you, but at the end of the I day, love, if, if well, you live... You the little grandma when he starts singing to her the song, you know, oh, like Mama Coco. Me, I don't let them. it make you cry for even if I'm far away, I'll lose you in my heart. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, she was, and then she remembered her daddy. So it was kind of cool. I like that. Well, I really she, like that. The thing is she, that, that's a, but that's another interesting thing that I found at Coco as well is that even though her mother wiped away her, her father or her husband. Right. She, as a little girl, still held on to him. She still held on to him. And even though, even though the mother wanted to, you know, wipe him out and had, you know, my daughter's gonna have nothing to do with him. She's not gonna remember him. She still kept his picture and she still remembered him, even in her, even when she's, you know, in her old age. That's because she was connected to him, even though the the mother was well, you know, the other one was like, no, let's forget about it. And it was all the traumatic experience. It was like, no, we have to forget. But then when you have a connection. You know that still stays there. You know it doesn't go away. I still have I still have memories of like when I was three years old, and I still have like some memories of things that happen, good things. You know. In the credits at the end, though, because remember they had those little the pictures of the people to be remembered that had something to do with the film. So they made their own little friend at the end of the movie. I I appreciated that. I thought that was a real nice touch. Uh, what are you saying, Joe? I'm I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I kind of lost track of it for a minute, and I'll get back to it eventually. Mm. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, I remember, and it's kind of weird, but I do remember like really weird thing. I remember like my grandfather who died when I was two. I remember, I remember him. Ooh, I don't, I don't remember. 
<clears throat> I don't remember like specifically, but I remember the feel of him. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I remember yeah. my maternal grandparents because they died when I was in my uh, my twenties, but my uh, my paternals died when I was like two or three years old, mm. so that I them I have no recollection of. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's man, I wish I could remember what my thought was a minute ago. You were telling <laughs> a story about your mom, I think, your parents. No, it was, it was it was something else. It was something to do with the movie, and I just cannot for the life of me remember. We're talking to friend as we're talking about people. Yeah, well, fighting for your dream. Well, it I was after that, so I, yeah, I don't remember. I, I, if Being I remember it, I'll bring it back up. Yeah, it's not. It, this mm -hmm. this stuff happens. We're just kind of going off the cuff here all the time. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I think you know, Coco hits all the points, and it's it's emotional, but at the same time, you're kind of smiling, but at the same time, you're having fun. That yeah, definitely true. is true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It was a lot of fun. You get these yeah, the big, studio, great the musical numbers. You get all the. Oh, that's what it was. I, I found one thing that uh, I, I was like, okay, that that's the part I don't buy. Is they're in the afterlife together to the point where they recognize each other. Couldn't he have told her in the you know seventy years since he was murdered? Because he, he it was like nineteen. Well, she avoided him, didn't she? She avoided him, but at some point you got to be able to find to find each other somehow. I don't yeah, know. Be able to get the truth across at some point. If uh, de yeah, uh, there's, there's Dela some Cruz, um, Dela Cruz, I've, I've Dela Cruz dies in 1942, and he was already a right. huge star. So this death must have been in the 30s, right? So. Right. I've got, Wait, I've got... It says it says the dead are obviously stuck at the age when they died. Imelda and Hector have spent several years in the afterlife at the same time, and Imelda has never realized that Hector is the same age as he was when he left her, clearly indicating the reason he never came back. She still wouldn't have known that he intended to come back and could simply think that he died shortly after deserting the family. If that makes any sense, and that's off of IMDb. But they, ne <laughs> but they, never, they never crossed paths at all. It was like, hey, listen, I was trying to come Goodbye. back. Well, I, in that case, uh, the people in Coco's family or that family died quite young. Yeah, and and it's it's kind of disturbing because you see the mother pulling uh, pulling the little girl going. It's not polite to stare. I'm like, oh, that poor kid died really really young. Yeah, yeah, that's sort yeah. of like you ever see those cartoons, and this didn't cross my mind until like two months ago. When you're watching, like, you know, those, those crazy old Disney, not Disney, but the old tiny color Tom and Jerry <laughs> cartoons, and you see that they're going into heaven, they're trying to get in heaven, you see that bag of kittens that shows up. Oh. And I just like, this oh, yeah. like 1945. I was like, oh, God dang, I never noticed that before, you know? But that's yeah. what I mean. If you think about it, that's what people used to do with bags of kittens. That was exactly just gonna say that we didn't exactly treat animals well back that in that was the time 40s, period. 50s, and they had that. You'll know car that cartoon. You see it. You'll, you'll know which one. I know. But I know that my stepfather did that on when we when we were up on the farm once. Oh, oh God! Yeah, our, God, our we, generation was old. Man. When we had a. Oh. When we had our summers uh, summers in Italy growing up, there was uh, there was this gutter, like this aqueduct, that like where all the water would come through, and uh, people would throw their dogs in there. And uh, oh, I remember, gosh. I remember my brother and I one one summer we saw a dog up there. He was trying to get up and he couldn't get up because there's nothing for him to grip on. Uh, and uh, my brother, my brother, and my friends in Italy, we went down there. We got the dog up. Then we helped each other out of the gutter. 
So, Thank but God. yeah, people people were cruel to these animals. They don't want a dog anymore. They just dropped him in the gutter, and the dog well, can't get they out. They still do things like this in Italy. Yeah. I'm afraid. I, I'm sorry, but they still do that all over the world. They do it all. How many people leave and leave their cat behind? Shanta, a couple Christmases ago, found one of her one of uh, her cats that she took in. She found him in a sack in the side of the road in Wisconsin. What? Oh, okay. She don't we? Okay, she found that cat. Okay. She, yeah, she found him. Yeah, she found him. Not, not that she left the cat there. She didn't leave the cat in a sack and then she went back after it. She just her new cat. Yeah, she, her cat yeah, is she, from a cat. She, in the sack. Yeah, it became her cat afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Like, what? And it was. Like, it was like. like that. that. I think it was like Christmas Eve or right before Christmas, so she named it Krampus. Oh, what a good name! That's perfect, actually. But I mean, if you look, I mean, look at her. I mean, if you want to see the worst thing ever, go to a dog or cat shelter in January. Yeah, right after Christmas. Shame. That's why. That's why you have those ads that a dog's not just for Christmas. <laughs> All those other you know, for... I don't understand why people are like that. They're you know what? If uh, if there's any producers listening cool. right now, pay me a lot of money to do something so I can buy a giant ass property and I can adopt all the unwanted me puppies, too. all the unwanted dogs. I hit so the lottery. I'm take gonna, them I, in. I will do that. I don't even need many humans around. Just I'll, I'll adopt all. I, the I think if you, I think if you do that, you have to wear a blonde wig and sing Sera. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what Doris Day does? I think she, she told, yeah, no, she died. She died a couple years ago. That's what she did. She said, "Take all these dogs in." So her, her all thing was nothing but dogs and stuff. Yeah, she had a nice long life. She died recently. Rob Zombie yeah. does that as well. Talk about well, he, ta- he takes Yeah, him and takes in dogs like that? Yeah, dogs oh, and cats, awesome. yeah. So, that's awesome. And, if I had yeah. money, I would do that. Fuck people. They suck. The animals don't deserve to be treated like shit. People do. <laughs> I I have a sister that does it as well, but that's a different story altogether. Well, I think because time's moving on, let's rate Coco, starting with you, David. Yes. Coco's Coco David or David? <laughs> oh, it's, it, either way, I generally don't mind. I just want to know, because you always give me the raised eyebrow if I say it wrong. No, but I promise nothing personal. You guys it's just change like 12 it years in this country. Me, okay? <laughs> I promise it's fine. Either way, it's fine. Fuck it. Um, it we're going to anglicize him. David, fuck it. It's That's David. Fine. No, David. No, actually, no. David is probably the worst. Call me David. Like, I think it's with this kind of like oh, Irish accent. One, one of my, one of my neighbors fine. growing up in a very Italian English, no. spelled his name like yours, and I, I he went by Davide, which is what I... That's, that's my name. That's, okay, exactly. that's what I was asking perfectly. you. First you said David and no David. Then it's Davide. It's like, okay, he I wants to America. He's trying I'm to gonna, westernize you. I'm just going to call him Dave. I'm going to call him Dave. Dave. Back in Watford, used to, they used to call me fucking Dave. So I think it's... Yeah. <laughs> But you got you got to pronounce it like Goliath. How you doing there, Davy? <laughs> yeah, you got to get that twang on it, Shai. Gotta go full Davy and Goliath on him. <laughs> but yeah, go go ahead, man. How do you rate Coco? I'm sorry, we're just fucking with him and losing track. No, no, it's fine. Okay, so um, 100 five. Uh, I, I couldn't give him more, less than five stars. Um, the other reason that we haven't spoken about is the fact that the kid manages to break the curse of the family, which is another yes. concept That's that they right. talk about That's right. in Everybody the story. Remembers. So by trying to 
work out the objective truth of what happened and trying to keep the you know subjective feelings of the father and the fact that he loves the father and there's a truth that's behind it etc etc although he hated the family because they were like oh my god they're all together blah 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 eventually he recovers the love for the family breaks the curse of the family the family finally accepts back the father into the altar and this is sort of like sort of shadow work for the family i would say they all become musicians and then eventually becomes musician. So he managed to balance the love of the family. They, they were like obsessed. Our family is everything. Nothing matters. And then keeping his passion going on. So win-win situation. What's best than that? This is like, I'm, I'm telling you, the, the movies we're watching, Keith, I have no idea why, but these are like grateful therapies for life. I have no idea why every time I see like things that work for life therapy. So this is recommended to everyone who's listening. Both of the movies, even the ghost these, story to be honest. These, but in these, a different way. These two, yeah, these two certainly were. You know, they definitely were one hundred percent. They're like inspiring. I mean, list is the way I see it. Plus, obviously, you have. I agree with you on that. I absolutely although the ghost that. story is slightly more gloomy, but it's fine. I appreciate that. In here, instead, you have come on the great beyond. is like a proper party of, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If death is like it's portrayed in Coco. I am ready. I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> so beautiful movies. I recommend it to everyone. Plus, it reminds me a little bit. Do you know the movie Encanto from um, yeah Disney? When they break the family curse as well, exactly the same wavelength. Yeah. So it's an amazing movie. So Coco, one hundred percent. Yeah. Well, it even pay it even pays into Del Toro's Book of Life. Yeah, Book of Life. That's the other one. Yeah, absolutely. What about oh, yeah. yourself, Vix? How many cocos do you give Coco? Oh, I'll give it five. It's just good, clean fun. It's sweet, you know. It, it's 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 really. I, I love how they they put those uh that the. the those the collage kind of like pictures the apprentice for the people that were that had asked that helped make the movie too. I thought that was really cool. And it's just it's it's a cute movie. It's fun. Music's fun too. I mean, I like the animals. <laughs> I like the dog. What was his name? What was that dog's name? It's on t- Dante. Dante the dog, yeah. And yeah. he didn't have hair. He was a hairless. I didn't. Think was he of a hairless? This. He was he like a. He was a hairless dog. He was a hairless dog that a that a skeleton with no nose is somehow allergic to. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> that explains it. How can you be allergic? He has no hair, and I have no nose. Yet here we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great stupid line, but love it. <laughs> what about yourself, Joe? How how do you rate it? I give this five, man. It's it's life, love, and legacy. That's yeah. what this movie's about. And uh, it's, it's a feel gooder, but also community. If you yeah, how do you make a movie which about is... death a feel good movie? And somehow they did it. And yeah, da- yeah, Davide is right. It's about community. It's community also about community. as well, which it's is a... I think is missing in the ghost story because it's more about the personal path. And but he was yeah, but that's because Casey Affleck was yeah. a person who didn't really want to you know yeah. communicate with the community. He wanted to kind of stay to himself. So, yeah. but this movie, yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. The music is beautiful. The story is beautiful. Um yeah, and it, it, it's very you know, uplifting. It, it's a, you know, there was there was a quote <laughs> that I there was a quote that I read years ago in an interview with Christopher Lee before he passed away. Where, where he said, all you could do is the best that you can to the best of your ability and hope that in the end you leave a legacy behind. Yeah. And that's, this movie's about that. This movie's about wanting to become more than you are. It's about, want, but at the same time, wanting to stay within the family structure, even though the family doesn't necessarily accept what you want to do. So right. 
Yeah, it, it's, it's about letting people be who they are in a way, too. So, yeah, I absolutely adore this movie. Absolutely yeah. five stars. First time I saw it was on a plane. So I don't I've feel like... I've never seen no, it before. I, I don't think... It. I watched it on a... I watched it coming back on a flight from L.A. And, man, I was missing a lot watching it on that little screen. I, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I saw it on the plane as well, first time I saw it. And this is the, this is a beautiful movie. Do not watch it on your laptop. Watch it on watch yeah, it on, watch did, it on did, your did, you, did you guys cry at least in this movie or not? I I, I cried I cried through both of these and Field of Dreams this week. Okay, glad I'm not the <laughs> Field only one. Field of Dreams that makes me cry all the time. What was the what is the okay? Before we go, what is the saddest movie you guys have ever seen? <gasps> the Little Mermaid. <laughs> That um, and that's comedy. my favorite movie in the whole universe. The Which film that makes me, the film that makes me the film that makes me cry all the time is my dog Skip. Oh my god, my dog! Oh my god, Marley and, and, and me and kills I'll me. The reason, I'll, I'll tell you the reason being though is what? because you kind of get the series, and of course there has that scene where you know the dog will live or die, and the dog does you know live situation. But he goes, the guy, the kid grows up and he goes to college, and the dog Skip. Sleeps in his bedroom, waiting for him. Oh, to I saw that. I and, and eventually, the dog does die, and of course, he's moving on with his life because he's at college and gets married. And the dog just stays in his family bedroom and stays with the family, and just missing him. And that yeah. always makes me cry. I don't know why. It just does because like that's really sad. That was that movie, like Marley and Me. That I was just like a puddle at the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I, I what about your? What about yourself, Joe? And well, Vicky, what what movie makes you cry? Oh, she just said it's it's me that can't think of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of movies that make me cry, but there's I can't a think lot of which, them. That's just one which one would be the saddest. You know, that's that's there's a lot. There's too many. <laughs> uh, there's a lot. Titanic is another one. Go back to old school. If you ever well, watch. Song well, t- of Bernadette with Vincent Price and Jennifer Jones will fucking cry. I promise. Titan- Titanic makes me cry in that the movie won't fucking end. Oh my yeah. god! What's this hatred for I this movie? I can strongly agree with that too. All the people why, I know why, keep saying, "To be honest, like even, you the movie, even the Sandra Bullock movie while you were sleeping gets to me." Which one? While you were sleeping with Sandra Bullock's. I like that movie. But but at that the end of it, I, it always makes me it always makes me teary eyed. Was like when they come and find her because she's all alone. She has no family, and they, they yeah, like, that's right. They that's, I haven't seen that in eons. God, and they have got Glennis Johns there, and you know, you know, so on and so forth. But Coco for me, I'm going to give this a solid five. And one thing I said, I always said, if I ever became famous, there's two things I want to do to live so I can live through eternity, and that's being a, a voice a Disney character. Or, oh my gosh! Or or do a special spot on Sesame Street, and you'll just live forever. Yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, I, I don't care. I don't want to be on anything else. I don't care what it is. But if I want, even the Muppets, I get the thing. Um, Sesame Street is the Muppets. And oh, okay, okay. So it's like you get you know do like a little <laughs> ten, five minute segment on Sesame Street, or voice a Disney character, and you know that you'll live forever. And Coco is one of these things that long after we're all dead. That movie will still live on along yep. with all these Disney films. Sure Very will. True. Sure will, man. Well, this brings us to the end of the Literary License Podcast, and this is the end of Season 6. So we want to thank all our listeners for listening to us with Season 6, and wait till you come to Season 7, which is our People Are Strange year. 
Our first one will be our Once Once Upon a Time, which is our book to screen. We'll be covering The Little Mermaid, the original Hans Christian Andersen book, and the 1989 film from Disney. And, of course, Batman the Anime Series continues with I Am the Knight, Off Balance, The Man Who Killed Batman, and Mudslide as we go into the new Batman, of new adventures of Batman. Our two Two for one will be dark family films. And our first film will be Puffin Stuff from 1970 and The Never Ending Story from 1984. Yeah. <laughs> and Joe Randazzo will be kicking off our anthology season with our first an- series of anthology films will be Fantasia from 1940 and Fantasia 2000. And of course, um, Doctor Who will be continuing forward and they'll be covering The Web Planet and The Crusades, which aired from the 13th of February to the 17th of April, 1965. So it's good night for myself and good night, Felice Davida. Hi, good night, everyone. And don't be afraid of ghosts. And my name is Davida. <laughs> good night, Joe. Good night, everyone. Good night, Vix. Feliz Navidad. Okay, wait. Good night, everybody. <laughs> and I'll be seeing you next week for The Little Mermaid from 1989. Good night, folks. Say that I'm crazy or call me a fool. But last night it seemed that I dreamed about you. Recuérdame 